Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Do you enjoy high fantasy hijinks? What about epic tales of bravery and vanquishing your foes? Or what about the morality of burning corpses for funeral rites? Is it really disrespectful? Come and listen to Reroll Expectations, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons 5e campaign by the Reroll cast. Four adventurers from scattered parts of the world of Serene come together to uncover the mysteries of the alchemical domain and the kidnapping of their dearest friend. Reroll Expectations airs every other Thursday on where we get your podcasts from, or RerollExpectations.com. That's RerollExpectations.com. This is the Triple C Podcast. Talking all things comics, culture, and cosplay. With Josh... Mari, Kevin, and Zach. Well, hello and happy month of December to everybody out there in listening land. It's your old pal Josh back here with another episode of the Triple C Podcast. Friendly reminder, you can check us out on our nerdy home away from home, the Fandom Limb Media Podcast. Home to such fine shows such as Nancy Drew... Uh, table reads and the star girl after show podcast i am joined this week by kevin mari and zach aka the emperor's peace how's it going everybody solid jelly bean the solid continues which means our suffering continues when will the void come and claim us all Mm. happy hanukkah covering oh yeah happy happy um uh, seventh night of hanukkah no, eighth night. Eighth God, night. I'm a horrible. Ju- me- You've definitely been yeah. lighting your candles, Kevin. I definitely no. I I lit them yesterday, but my girlfriend and I did like one day early. Which hey, Hanukkah is lasting uh, one day longer than normal, just because I forgot how long it lasts. So I guess that's a miracle. Listen, Hanukkah came real early this year, so I didn't even like know it was happening until I was a couple of days in, <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, oh shoot. <laughs> no, that means uh, that means he had to jump to it on making the kugel and everything, right? That's exactly right. Question, how much chocolate have each of you eaten? Very little, surprisingly. Uh, Enough. The answer is enough. Yeah, no, I don't normally, like, I'll, I don't know, guilt isn't really, you know what I use guilt for? I put guilt on my presence. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, it's, it's a accoutrement to the, 
the gift wrap. It just elevates it to another level. Like I putting... have not been able to find chocolate gelt anywhere this season. I don't know why. Really? Anywhere. Like Maybe any besides CBS, in... Walgreens? No. No, no, no Walgreens, no jewel, no nothing. You I know, no chalk... mm, supply chain issues. Supply chain issues. Now it's hitting the gelt. <laughs> just start, the supply chain issues are so bad they just started using gelt as actual currency and it's for, for all of you listeners out there like the surprising thing is a lot of people think that hanukkah is a huge holiday for us it ain't it, yeah. it, it, it ain't no it's 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 just a, a commercial competition with christmas like it's really not important at all so that's some semitic facts for you today <laughs> i don't know about you kev but at least for me hanukkah was always um like seven days of really practical gifts you know what i mean like it's you know kind of close to the school year so you get like pajamas and socks and a new notebook mm -hmm. and like you might get one like solid gift you know what i mean like that thing that you were really hoping for your your maybe not your ps5 and stuff like that they're kind of an easy friend, but you know maybe a game or something like that for me hanukkah was always very like oh cool thanks Lisa it's, Frank notebook. It's usually like one one decent gift the first night and the rest of the night, you know, you're just chilling, lighting candles, eating lockies and spinning dreidels, or you get like seven pencil erasers. Yes. <laughs> there's no middle ground. See, eight, I like to I like to think that. So if did I were... you have did you have the family member who gave you the good stuff and then the one who was like, ah, oh, it's Uncle Frank again. He gave me the 15th pencil eraser this year. Honestly, we stopped doing like Hanukkah gifts years ago. Like that is how unimportant of a holiday. <laughs> it, it, like, you know, Christmas gift giving all these traditions, it's huge. Like we'll, we'll just, we'll, we will come. Okay. For, for Jewish people, the tradition is light the candles, make sure that the candle stays in the Hanukkah so it oh doesn't fall over and light your house on fire and then watch all the candles burn down for the next 20 minutes again so that your house doesn't light on fire. So that's pretty much Hanukkah every single year on a practical sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it does remind me to to make sure that the tiny little, um, what's the word that I'm looking for is up to date every year. Fire extinguisher that I keep under my sink is up to date. <laughs> for, okay. for Hanukkah. We've got it. We've survived another year. That's the we, real miracle. That's honestly. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, no, a, speaking no, of a miracle. We aren't supposed to be getting this real before the podcast starts, boys and girls. Oh, shoot. Have we been recording this whole time? Oh, yeah. We already said hi. Oh yeah. Hi. Speaking of miracles, um, across the Spider-Verse part one, we got a teaser yesterday out of fucking nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And uh, in it, we see Spider-Gwen visiting Miles, chilling in his bed from some interdimensional portal. They go hang out. And then in another scene, Miles is just flying through dimension while, dimensions while Spider-Man 2099 is just out for his head for some reason. Uh, and it's interesting. I mean, we're getting all of these different, I don't know, I just Spider-Verse 2 and the animation style looks I I was not lush. expecting it. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's, okay. I remember when the movie, when the when Into the Spider-Verse came out years ago. I think we saw it, what, twice <laughs> in theaters, Zach? We saw, yeah, we, we ended up seeing it twice. And I was like, man, my first thought, I was like, I love this movie. I hope we get another one. I know we never will, but I hope we get another one. And they're giving us a second one, and it appears to be just as fun as the first one was going to be. I'm a little confused as to how Gwen is just dimension hopping, but I really don't care, because maybe that means we'll get some more Spider-Gwen, too. 
right? Like, uh, we just want to. I mean, not like, listen, I'm glad she's here, but I also want her to get more books because those are some great books. Amen to that. And wanted to take a quick Maybe moment. Maybe we'll finally get Mayday Parker. Oh, my we God. Can't. Yeah, sir. Okay. Full disclosure like, for everybody. Cool, but, but give me the original uh, Spider Girl. Spider. Well, uh, you, you, you got to really quickly to fill the information bucket for people who have no idea what the heck my brother and I are talking about. Years ago in the early 2000s, Marvel did a line of comics called MC2, which was where it's like, hey, it's the, it's the future of the Marvel Universe. So you had like the next iteration of the Avengers. You had another variation on the X-Men. You had the Fantastic Five, which was Johnny, Ben, uh, Johnny marrying Lijah. Lyja, um, aka um, she's a like a big scroll character from the FF's history, and then you also had their kid joining the team. It was really good stuff. But the best one by far was Spectacular Spider Girl, which was Peter and MJ's daughter May Parker, literally going through the same thing that Peter did all those years ago. But instead of getting bitten by the radioactive bug, it's that she literally inherits her dad's powers and becomes the Spectacular Spider Girl. And it was just a great series, ran, ran for so many years. And yes, I would love to have May, Mayday Parker show up in the animated universe. Like just, I, I, I'm excited that we're getting Issa Rae as Jessica Drew, aka Spider-Woman, and Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. But I would just love, love, love to have the spectacular Spider-Girl. I'll let Issa Rae do anything. Last season of Insecure is on HBO Max, just by the way for listeners also excited about the fact that we're getting jake johnson back as peter b parker which means we get more hilarious hero mentor dialogue between him oh, and awesome. shameek moore it's like oh my that was one of the highlights of into the spider-verse for me was just i didn't know how much i wanted jake johnson to voice a spider-man until this happened because i already loved him as nick miller on new girl like he he was one of the things that made that show great and now oh. he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it. Oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I hear it now. Yes. Yes, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, um, I was like, I was Kevin's like, excitement <laughs> level is rising. He's oh, my like, God. Like, rising is he remembers how cool that movie was. Which also, uh, Mari, you're like maybe the only one who will get this. Like, when we were in Spider-Man 2099 universe, I was picking up kind of like a Jet Set Radio vibe from mm-hmm. like the art style. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can feel what you're putting down. Also, more than a little FLCL. Yeah, definitely a little bit of Fooly Cooly in there. Uh, what's interesting to me is that this sequel is going to be a two-parter. So I like the idea of franchises like this having one really tight, really visually interesting and rewatchable first movie, and then having two-part sequels that are a little bit more decompressed. You can kind of get a lot more in there rather than having all of the story crammed into a sequel, you know, usually sequelitis, you have the second movie with the, which either doesn't do the first story enough justice or tries to tell too much in a short amount of time. So I, I like I like this idea of having these decompressed sequels. But what, what do you guys think? Would you want to see two part sequels uh, moving forward, like a Spider-Verse three part one and two? Or, or would you want to keep it just this one time? I I'm not sure. I gotta see, it's gonna sound ridiculous, but I gotta see what they do with this one, right? Like, I gotta see where this goes, and then we'll see, right? Because, like, the first one knocked it out of the park. First one was great, but I wanna see where we go from here. 
this to me feels like, and I would like to totally support more movies, more producers doing this, right? They're like, well, we have too much story for a movie, unless, you know, um, and we have not enough story for a whole TV series. So we're going to do like a three and a half hour, four hour two-part movie you know this sort of thing like again kind of to zach's point right like it's really hard that means that you have to tell two complete stories with an overarching um tied you know what i mean like you gotta nail your pacing you gotta nail the way that you're telling that story and where the climax is and the resolution and all that sort of stuff but um i'll take a few more things that are sort of a middle ground between a two-hour movie and a 10-hour binge fest yeah well and right and i have no problem with this it's it's extraordinarily ambitious right to go and put yourself out there right like not even yes. to like leave us hanging at the end was just to slap right in the trailer part one i approve of it and i admire the cojones but it is risky and i hope it pays off because I, I think like it, it. it would have been worse for them to not tell us it's a part one up front because then we would have yes. been we would have gone and gone into it expected a full sequel and then didn't get a full mm -hmm. story so i think they did a great job of at least managing expectations there to the point where we can even have this conversation about this kind of you know different mm -hmm. sort of model yeah i would say that was actually a problem with uh the hathaway's flash movie for gundam like that is movie one of three and they do not tell you that going in <laughs> so like right you you get through this movie and you're like wow they're going really slow but i'm okay with that because we're building a lot of good stuff but i wonder how they're going to wrap this all up in the next 20 minutes at, get to the end of the movie oh they're just not like you do get a, a you know kind of a conclusion but it's like no, there's definitely still a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. Before Dune had that problem. Denny yeah. Villeneuve's yes. Dune had that issue a thousand percent. Yes. And yeah. again, another good example of... Wait, how long was the Dune movie itself? Three hours? Two and a half hours? Two and yeah. a half to three, I'm saying. Yeah, Dune is another good example of... You have to be able to tell a complete story in the first movie. You have to pace it well. Again, Dune was massively ballsy in terms of like calling it part one without actually having the confirmation of part two. But uh, I think I think I was the one person who said I could have even stood for the Dune movie to be a little bit longer. <laughs> so now I'm starting to think maybe Dune should have been a TV series. Anyways, not the point. Um, it's just listen, they got to do. Who's really nervous about this? I mean, I feel oh, like we're really? nitpicking a lot for a for a Spider-Man into the universe movie type. You know what I mean? It's going to be great, and it'll be too short no matter how much of it we get because yeah. they do a great job at it. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of things that we all felt a little trepidation about, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. But now we've got some good news to actually report on. So the first thing, and really, really quickly, is just that it's getting a lot of positive user reviews, which I'm happy about. I haven't played the game yet. I don't know if I'll ever get around to playing it because I finally got my hands on a copy of God of War and I'm currently hacking and slashing my way through the nine realms in, nice. and everything. So I'm having a lot of Are fun with that. Are you doing it on the hardest difficulty, boy? Boy. Boy. I, I literally felt that coming and I didn't react. Of course you did. <laughs> Anyone who's seen that game 
knew what was coming were practically required to. It's an interesting point. Anyway, the fact that it's gotten such a high positive user review count over on, and I believe it's on Steam, combined user reviews submitted to date of 404,000 positive reviews. That to me is a categoric win for a game that had spent years being mired in endless problems. So again, and let's be, let's not mince words here was a broken piece of shit when it came out. Hold on. I feel like we called this though. I feel we like did. we called this. We did. Didn't we say like it was going to take some time? It has to stabilize. Basically, what happened? I think for the first six months of of this game was that their entire user base, like production user base, everything that was live, was really still like their beta. And so we were all just—I mean, I'm saying we. I did not play any of it. Um, users were part of getting all of these kinks out. They did, you know, CD Projekt Red did a bunch to get patches out there and make improvements. And and now they have a game that is playable and it just so happens to coincide with the Steam holiday sale, yeah. pump it out the mm-hmm. door. Like it just, I none of this is surprising to me. And I do think that he's right that over time, as more people get access to better graphics cards and hardware once some of these global shortages, um, ease up a little bit as more people get access to ps5s like the game i think really will hold up in the long run people will forget about this rollout or at least they'll expect it in future ones and people will be a little bit more chill about it for now for Uh, now i don't it's it seems like the the rush of positivity has to do with the ratio of how much i spend on this game versus how much bullshit i am willing to put Mm -hmm. up with you know, your enjoyment yes. of, of anything, all, like, for at least for me, com- completely, if not mostly, is determined by how much I put into it, right? How much money, how much effort, how much time, right? Half off, for me, I would need it to be a little bit less than 50% off. But, like, ultimately, to me, these positive reviews are a little bit inflated because of that. And that's not to say that... They didn't do pat- you know, the patches haven't helped make it more playable and people aren't excited for the new DLC and further stability is coming. Uh, but honestly, this has to do with people are paying less for something that's slightly better. So that's that's I think the thing that's skewing the rating the most. And also we got to focus on the fact that it's going to be getting a major update within the first three months of next year's fiscal quarter. So between March and May of uh, next year, there will be an update across all the platforms so ps5 xbox series x and xbox series s no clue what the update is going to be but it's clearly going to be good and there's also going to be well it clearly could not be good it might be shitty but hopes hope springs eternal and there will also be a dlc uh expansion that's all we're getting out of this so i can't speak to what this could be i haven't played it would be pointless to speculate Well, I I will will say this. Uh, I'm very concerned with what they're going to do with DLC because, okay, I think we can agree we are more than far enough along in the life cycle of this game that we can talk about the final plot, right? Uh, Sure, I've never played it, but I'm glad you brought up DLC. My only take is that they better make all of the DLC free from now on. 
Hell yes. They have um, so much goodwill to work back that if they charge money for this, it's going to be another shit show for CDPR. But I don't know if they're self-aware enough not to do that. So we'll see. Yes. Um, but what I was going to say was, right? So here's the thing. So the entire thing with Johnny Silverhand is that you are, right? Johnny Silverhand was put into uh, an AI chip. And you don't know that. Nobody knows that. You're stealing this AI chip to sell it for money. And then when you do finally get this thing, something goes wrong with your heist. Uh, you have to plug the chip into you to try to keep the chip working. And now you've ended up with Keanu Reeves in your brain. Uh, and he's slowly erasing your personality and replacing you with him. And he's not doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, but, right everyone makes mistakes. Eh. But so the end of the game... Right. There's there's like three or four different endings, one of which is you allow yourself uh, you work with the big evil corporation that made the chip and you allow yourself to be put into the digital world, preserving what's left of your consciousness. There's the option where uh, you go off with like the Internet, which is some which the embodiment of the Internet, which was Keanu Reeves's old girlfriend when she got trapped in the Matrix, and you go off with her into the digital world. Uh, or there's the option where you ride off with a bunch of nomads and your new girlfriend into the sunset while you wait for this to just slowly kill you, making the most of whatever life you have left. And then there's the option where you do that, but you stay in Night City without a girlfriend. No waifu, no laifu. Oh, that's digital on pillow. <laughs> I mean, that, okay, so A, I... I do hate to tell you this, that pillow definitely exists in multiple different varieties. And is a Daki Makura. Quick text. You die at the end of Cyberpunk. One way or like, another. There's no getting around it. You're dead. Oh, I love so it. I'm How not French. sure what... Yes. So I'm not sure what they can do with that DLC, right? You're dead. I love it. It's like life. So existential. <laughs> it could you know, pick it up with another character or maybe follow your character's uh, exploits through whatever ending you ended up, but then you'd have to do like five different campaigns. <gasps> oh my God. How amazing would it be if the game was smart enough to learn the lore of your character? And then when your character die and you start a new one, like everything that your character did had been written into the history of the world. So like... Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second, and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear, and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. As you level your new character, they make references to your old character. 
Oh my god. Yeah, you remind me call of Call me CD Project Red. Valve should also call us because we cover their Steam Deck a lot and we got some new news. Um, Zach, would you like to tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Steam Deck? I would. I'm going to give you and Mari Steam Decks for Christmas so you can finally play freaking video games with me is what I'm going to do. I mean... That, <laughs> you you are too kind, really. Like, way too fucking kind. Like, are you going to um, go bankrupt? Are you okay? Also, we have to wait till February, which... Uh... Um, but yeah, but I can tell you what you won't games you won't be playing on there. Any kind of exclusive, because Valve thinks that's lame. You don't really, but here's the thing, right? Steam Deck is still going to be competitive whether or not they have exclusives. Would I like to see another Half-Life? Would I like to see another Portal or Left 4 Dead or anything involving Team Fortress? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yes. Please. Please, God. But the Steam Deck is already like this mini PC that you can open up. You can you can cram as many emulators as you want in it, play whatever you want, and take it on the go. Like, for me, it doesn't need exclusives to be competitive in that way although so, valve does have exclusives oh, but they're doing nothing with them and that's weird i totally understood that differently and what you guys are saying makes far more sense my assumption is that they would continue to work on titles that had previously been exclusive and now just won't be oh the- no, no 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 i mean i mean they might be but honestly do you know what i saw this as they're taking their toys. I and saw leave? this as as uh, you know. I'm gonna be a little crass here. The big dick flex from Gabe. This In was Gabe way? going. We don't need exclusives. Are things going to sell well because it's a great product? No. We don't have to have the right. We don't need a flagship game that you can only play here to sell our product. Right. Like, would the Switch be doing as well if? you could get Mario Brothers anywhere or Mario Party or Mario Kart? No, probably not. I'm I'm a, I'm just bummed that it's um it's delayed. I was really hoping it was going to be out for the holiday season so I could start seeing some people play it and getting some real user reviews and hand, legit hands-on experience and stuff like that. It's kind of mm-hmm. to to Zach's point, I don't think that games exclusivity is what's going to make or break the steam deck people are going to want this precisely because it is what it is right it's a little handheld pc um and i think there are a lot of users me included who that's pretty much exactly what we're looking for i want to be able to play whatever kinds of games that i want to play on there you know within within reason um Again, my thought process was less that they weren't going to produce new exclusive games for it, but rather that the games that they do produce for it won't be exclusive. So I could still play it on my Steam Deck or on my PC. Was well, no, I mean, I mean, there's no way to make. I mean, okay, I guess you could make a a Steam Deck exclusive game, but what would be the point? Your audience is the PC market. You're trying to make them happy. Making something that only works on your thing would be defeating. Yes. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's, I guess I just, again, didn't understand what they were saying in the first place. So, um, give me Steam Deck. <laughs> give Steam Deck, please. <laughs> I mean, listen, the answer is yes. You just have to wait a while. I mean, not only that. Oh, sorry, Zach, I'm about to run and step on the toes of your section. No, no, no. But um, I'm pretty excited because 
these things are i don't like i said i don't mind the not having exclusive games that in that in fact, news interested me much me. less that news interested me much less than the investments that they're making in headsets and games mm -hmm. because reading the article about the kind of headsets that it sounds like Valve is envisioning, like literal mini EEG machines that are going to read brainwaves and supporting this like brain connection interface so that you will but need to think it and thus will the game do it. Like, what? Like this just was such like a casually little dropped article sprinkled in here amongst things that I was just like, hey guys, this is some real sci-fi that you're talking about all of a sudden uh and valve is doing it in just i mean honestly it's brilliant right because it's kind of this is going to sound weird so jump on board this train of thought with me listeners uh it kind of reminds me of like vhs right like that was just a small little piece of a piece of technology a tool in this larger entertainment universe and as things changed uh then we got betamax and then we got laserdisc and then we got dvds and each time you know games and porn have really sort of indicated which way things were were going to go so that's kind of what this reminded me of right if they're just talking about heads right now that's like step one this you know this had you know the headset that i'm using to record this podcast on is like the betamax version of what it sounds like valve is working on which they are in like 3030 trying to create my little like metaverse headset gaming gear stuff it's it's kind of cool to be on this uh, precipice watching what is going to be the sort of next wave of technology and, and what they're choosing to invest in yeah it, you know honestly the biggest advents in technology over the past year or two man nfts the metaverse and in terms of gaming honestly what valve is about to do like i think this the steam deck and the all of its capabilities all of the things that users are going to be able to do with it being completely completely open like that um is going to create some pretty fantastic things we, we are on the precipice of uh of change though we really are it's pretty scary and it's pretty interesting but we're going to talk a little bit more about metaverses later for now uh let's take a look at playstation plus and uh why some people aren't necessarily happy with it and ways it might get a little bit better in the future um so sony well, is on. one thing i wanted to say real quick just on the whole ekg headset thing like that is the first step for like nerve gears and sword art online and full dive vr which I'm super ready for. Um, I only hope there's a villain evil enough to trap me in there uh, with my life at risk. That would be, you know, listen, vir virtual um, virtual escape rooms where you get locked in your headset. I don't know, man. <laughs> Holy shit. You die in the game, you die in real life. Although, let me tell you, the virtual escape room one's a lot more embarrassing because you'll probably die covered in your own, uh, you know. Man, someone needs to do like VR. So anyway, uh, PlayStation Plus, right, has long been lambasted, right, especially the play, uh, PlayStation Now, a competitor to Xbox Live Game Pass, in which you pay a little bit of an extra subscription service on, on Xbox Live, but then you get access to stream tons and tons of fantastic games. And um, while Xbox Live Gold has been slipping in terms of the free games they give away every month, it's inarguable that Xbox Game Pass is a, is a hit. It's the Netflix of gaming. So Sony 
as such, are planning their own uh, competitor, codenamed Spartacus, and it looks to be combining PlayStation PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Um, this is pretty interesting. This is exciting and also to be expected, right? Like Microsoft, Xbox is Sony's biggest competitor in the gaming sphere, and they are completely are they are filling a niche that Sony hasn't even really begun to touch, right? PlayStation Now is really, really not so great. Um, so I guess if you guys, if they did come out with the subscription service, what would you guys want to see in terms of, I guess, the monetization, right? Like, would you pay a little bit extra? Would you? Would it only be competitive if they tack the streaming service onto your existing um, subscription to PlayStation Plus? Or how would you guys, I guess, be the most interested in this? What would you get you on board for this? Speaking I mean, as somebody who does subscribe to HBO Max, and it's, I, I have access to a streaming service, I would say if they could make it worth my while. So yeah, tack on stuff. Much in the same way, there is the option from the Walt Disney Corporation where in, you can subscribe and get access to Disney+, Plus, ESPN, and Hulu. PlayStation needs to take a look at that kind of business model and adapt it for what they're trying to do in terms of how to make this the most appealing to get the most so that we can give users the most bang for their buck. And it may not even be with streaming. Do that with games. You know, take that same concept, that same model, but apply it to video games because it can work. You just got to retweak the algorithms and, you know, get a different way of thinking. But it could lead to a high success rate, but only if it is handled delicately, carefully, and with precision, military-like planning. Well, here's the thing I want to say, right? Um, right. They've proven that Xbox Game Pass can work, and that that's fairly cheap. I think that if Sony's going to do this, they they shouldn't roll it into the price of play. Like, here's the thing: either PlayStation Plus, the pricing needs to not change, and this needs to be a really fantastic bonus, which will then put the ball in Microsoft's court, or you need to make it something separate because. I don't want this, right? And if the price of my PlayStation Plus were to go up 15 bucks a month or whatever, nah, no way in hell. That's me, as someone who actually uses PlayStation Plus and, you know, despises paying for uh, digital service, but... I mean, I do like the idea of it being um, a la carte, so if PlayStation is going to continually roll out kind of new features and things like this, then let it be customizable and build your own bundles, you know, kind of like what, what Zach is saying. If I want to pay 15 bucks a month and have X, Y, and Z components, or if I want to pay, you know, $100 a year and have B, Y, and Z, I don't know, I'm terrible, uh, components, then do it. Like, it, it's doesn't feel like there's a holistic strategy to this more so like they're just going to kind of keep slapping things on there like um post-it notes yeah i think the only way that this is going to be competitive is if it's separate and cheaper or if it's included for free which 
with how little play uh, PS Now does, I mean, that might not be the worst option. So we'll see. We'll see what the game selection is like. Maybe focus on this later. But in terms of game selections, right, if you're a PS Plus user, you may be used to getting free games every month. Um, and for December, one of the three free games that PlayStation 4 uh, owners will be receiving is a game called Godfall, which won't include the main campaign. Basically, we're getting you're getting a free game, but you're not getting the full thing, right? And like ultimately, like this is a little bit of fluff. I'm not gonna lie, this is a little bit of fluff because ultimately, it's it's people complaining about getting something for free, but at the same time, if you look at the state of you know Xbox Live Gold games that they get for free, it is awful and abysmal. Part of the reason why PlayStation Plus is worth it is for their game selection. And I, maybe I may be you know, pull, uh, tooting the horn or raising alarm too early, but usually when things get rolled back like this, these companies will just keep taking and taking and taking until it's not, you know, you don't really get anything out of it and, and the money that you're paying isn't worth it. So I don't know. Hopefully this doesn't get watered down anymore. That's all I wanted to say. I don't, do you guys have any thoughts about Godfall? No, no, I have. Uh, to me, the big thing is always transparency and trust. If they had been transparent about it and they were like, Hey, this is just the equivalent of an X pack that you're getting, then I'd have been like, cool, then it's kind of up to me. It's sucky for users who think they're getting a full game and try and access something like the lore or the story. And they're like, hey, I have no ability to get to this. Where's the rest of the game? So again, do it if you're going to do it. Just don't be shady about it and be honest with your, be honest with your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially because it's coming out for free, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, in all fairness, I suppose we should not um, be snarky about things that they're giving us for free. They'll stop giving us things for free. Which somebody should tell Netflix, because Lord knows they just keep adapting video games into movies and television series. The next video game to go under the Netflix umbrella is going to be Mega Man. No, I have some mixed. No, 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 no. Listen, I have some mixed thoughts on this. On one hand, hey, I actually think it's pretty great that Mega Man's getting some love, right? I feel like Mega Man for a lot of people is one of those characters that they are aware of. You know what I mean? Like he shows up, especially in a lot of like team play games and stuff like that. Best ever. But Mega Man, like. I don't really hear I don't... a lot of people saying like, oh, that's my favorite game. That's my favorite. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool that the IP in and of itself is getting a little bit of love. But I do think it's going to be a tricky character to adapt. Zach, what were you saying? Uh, so I was going to say, A, I don't remember the last time Mega Man was in a video game besides Smash. Yeah. Uh, B, like, I will say this. There's so much stuff they could pull for like because you've got right there there's Mega Man X there's all the there's Battle Universe there's all this stuff you can do with Mega Man that actually makes a huge difference like I'm not sure which one they're going to do but I hope to find out and I hope it's good I personally hope for Mega Man X cuz I like Mega Man X he's cool he's got a big old plasma sword he's essentially a small Gundam that may or may not have <laughs> anything to do with it 
He is kind of like a tiny Gundam. Oh, is that kind of really thought about it like that? <laughs> well, here's Mega the Man thing. X, X specifically, but like Mega Man in general, yeah. Tiny Gundam. Uh, here's the thing. Um, you know, Zach, you've spoken very highly of things like Castlevania. It's not, and I loved Witcher. It. I gotta be honest, Netflix kind of seems to be killing it with the video game adaptations, which is really cool because even though I think they can be sort of similar to things like the superhero meta and that has dominated the entertainment industry over the last 15 years, it's still different enough that it feels fresh. And so it kind of does feel like Netflix is really doing a lot of new fresh stuff, whereas people like Disney, i.e. Marvel and DC and stuff like that, we're just hitting the same, like we're telling the same stories that we've been telling nearly 20 years already. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing. I don't mind it. Like, as long as it's good, I don't care. Like, I was never a huge, crazy, huge Mega Man fan. I'll watch this. That's about all I can give him. I'll watch it. Here's what I want. I only want one thing out of this show. One fucking thing, and I'll watch it. I want this show to be based on the weird, awkward box art from the first Mega Man game on NES. Do you guys remember what the... You know what I mean? It's like, it look, it's airbrushed. It looks like it was slapped together in about 30 minutes. And it looks, it's like some cosplayer in a Mega Man thing with like an M1911. And there's some sci-fi city exploding behind him. It has nothing really to do with the game, but I want them to elaborate on this as fuck and make it some sort of like Mega Man, but it's, it's, it's a like neo-noir. Hear me out. Hear me out. Just make it real political. Make it real Game of Thronesy, but have Mega Man in it. You want Mega Man twenty seventy seven? Is what I'm. Um, I want Bomber Bomberman Zero. I like it. I like it. I mean, we all want Bomberman. Um. Well, you know, again, Netflix has. It seems like the will to make it happen and the money to make it happen as well as having the data to make it happen. If you guys remember back in the day, hey, they might still do it, but who gets Netflix through the mail anymore? Uh, you used to be able to rent video games from Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix that never really did anything as far as I know. It's like, this is like GameSpy, but from a company that's vaguely less shady. Uh, yes. I mean, I know people that used to use Netflix for the games. I feel like there used to be a bundle where you could get two movie discs and a game per month anyways not the point what netflix did was they use all of that data about the games that you rented and they use all of the data about the movies that you watch and i think they feel really confident at what kind of games you would play if they were going to create their own video games which hey great news ladies and gentlemen netflix is uh working with a really small studio uh to bring out their first foray into the gaming industry well i will i will say this so it's a small studio but they've done some really really cool stuff if you've played oxenfree that's a great game i have not played oxenfree uh, it sounds like it's really recommend. popular though it's a very popular i don't want to say too much but it's a very fun uh surprise it's a quirky little indie game i love the fact that i can that like quirky little indie game has become like a buzzword in 2021 sure mm-hmm. with a positive connotation to it yeah. right like yeah this article to me got me really excited you know they were talking a little bit about 
oxen free in the kind of games that they've developed before, that they're fun and they're quirky and they're approachable, but also that they're complex, that it sounds like that there's a lot of branching, that the choices that there is going to be, you know, that there's thousands and thousands of words written for this game. And so each choice you have, there will be multiple options and then each choice will very much you know, affect the story that's being built and the gameplay and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've talked about before, like, I love games that do that and execute that well, and you feel that back to you in this gameplay. So to be perfectly honest, everything I was, I was reading about this has me really excited. I would not be surprised if Netflix puts this out uh, and this becomes an instant hit. It sounds like it's complex. It sounds like it's going to be fun. It sounds like it's probably going to hit a, a really big uh, segment of the gaming population. Well, and I hope, here's the thing, right? I hope Netflix was smart enough to just let the cool indie devs have yes. a pile of money and get the hell out of the way. Which, I mean, has been their approach to a lot of their, their, you know, cinematic offerings and stuff like that. They're like, the OA? Sure, that sounds weird and quirky. Let's throw some money at it. Dark? What an absolutely weird time travel, incest, family drama, madness, mystery. Throw money at it. So I do appreciate that Netflix seems to allow, seems to have trust in the people that they choose to partner with. And I hope that to your point, they let them... Hey, football fans. The action is about to begin. The moment we've all been waiting for. Are you game day ready? Because it's time to raise your pint of Guinness. Here's to the kickoff and a great year that's still ahead. Let's keep looking out for each other. And remember, good things are in our grasp. Game time is Guinness time. Cheers. Please enjoy responsibly. Guinness imported by Diageo Beer Company, USA, New York, New York. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Have that opportunity to show what they can do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talent behind this. I mean, some of the people at uh, Night School, which is the, the developer that was purchased, they worked on the Telltale games um, such as Wolf Among Us and Tales from the Borderlands. So it, it makes sense for Netflix to invest more in games that have more of a, a narrative focus, I guess, more of a style, more of a narrative focus. The closest equivalent that I could see right now is Annapurna Interactive, um, which is the gaming division of Annapurna. They, they produce films like uh, The Phantom Thread. But they've also done games like Gora Goa and Donut County. And it's like the games that they produce and the movies that they make kind of fit within a similar flavor. So I could see Netflix hopefully going in that direction where it's like, okay, these games and the way that they present themselves are sort of like an extension of what you know whatever the netflix flavor happens to be but uh actually look this up netflix already has games out but they're on mobile and the good thing is that you can access netflix games through your netflix subscription right like it's it's automatically there with your subscription which kind of brings us back to the the previous sony topic but um with this right now it's just 
uh, tie in. There's two Stranger Things games. There's something called Teeter Up, Card Blast, Shooting Hoops. It's like really t- almost some of these seem like shovelware. So I think there's a lot of potential for this, especially, especially if Netflix games has a big enough catalog to the point where like they can almost launch an app within PS4, right? Like you go into the PS4. Oh, yeah, there's like a Netflix games app and then you can just play whatever you've already playing on, on your on your mobile phone or whatever, just right on, on your console. So I can see a lot of potential for this, a lot of potential, especially when you look at other studios that are similar, like I mentioned, Annapurna. Um, but right now it's very, very formative, but it is free with your Netflix subscription. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say, too, I grew up on text based computer games, right? And the storytelling that literally just came from having to like throw things out there and see what happened, you know, toss villager into the water and stuff like that. I love to see a revival of this, to be perfectly honest. And Kevin, to your point, I like it because it does sort of feel like you can bookmark and then pick it up in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have that like cross platform, et cetera, like you like you do with like you do with any any uh, movie on any streaming platform. On uh, Netflix, yeah, exactly. New and exciting things coming. Certainly, I hope everyone had uh, had a great had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good Black Friday. Unlike GameStop employees, which who were who were again pushed to the breaking point, not even given uh, Thanksgiving break. So I know we've talked a lot about GameStop, but just want to let you all know that they're up to One their, their same time. bullshit. One more time, yeah, they're up to their same bullshit. Honestly, power to the game, power to the GameStop employees, man. Like. Dude. I don't blame all y'all for for just like if anyone Unionize. just decides to walk out, just wa- all y'all just GameStop walk out. GameStop employees, hell yeah. Because you know what really pisses me off, right? And we joked about it back over whatever it was the spring and summer when Reddit was like juicing GameStop, and we were all like, "Hey, this could be really cool if GameStop turns around and uses that massive injection of cash flow." to like turn around and put it back into the stores remember when they were talking about gaming cafes and that they were going to go through and and redo all of the game stores oh, God, you know what i mean yeah hey remember that remember how that could have been a thing remember how they could have invested in their employees and really i mean the gaming industry is a multi-billion dollar industry a year and gamestop doesn't think that you still need that that middle person that you don't still kind of need somebody when people need to go into a brick and mortar store. And I think it's so short-sighted. Oh God. Instead, what they've done is they've, they've juiced these golden parachutes. All wall street bets did was juice the the golden parachutes of these um, sock holders and stuff. like. Well, no, I mean, hold on a minute. It is not funneling down to the stores. You're right. It's definitely not, but they did cost some hedge funds, several million or even uh several millions of dollars oh i did enjoy that but those were the hedge funds not necessarily in terms of stockholders yes yes yes. but gamestop in and of itself oh yeah gamestop did nothing to benefit anybody from it right like i don't like that gamestop is benefiting from it as an entity and not down to the individual level right like retail sucks man i have done holiday resale i have done more black fridays in my life than i would like to admit the one guy that did the 6 30 to 11 30 6 30 in the morning to 11 30 p.m dude i feel you i did that when 
I didn't have a store manager and me and my other assistant store manager had to like hold up the entire store over holiday season. I feel that. And so that's why, as usual, it really ticks me off. And we see this, hey, side note, across the entire pandemic, right? The people at the top who had very little to risk have made billions off of the back of people suffering and have not turned around you trickle down economics have not turned around and put that back into things no instead they turn around and complain that they have to oh pay their employees more money so that they'll show up to work and GameStop's entire attitude towards this is just like man we'll just slowly slowly let it fizzle out and die until we've just crushed all morale and everybody turns in their keys and walks away I mean, listen, if everybody turns in their keys and walks away, then they get to put up a cutesy little sign that says, people don't want to work for money anymore, so (laughs) we have to uh, leave. We're sorry. Good riddance. Uh, Please, please, you know, please uh, be be nice to the people who actually show up and want to work for a living. Listen here. Don't let the ass hit your door on the way out. This is something that just aggravates me as somebody who spent many years working in retail throughout school and everything. It's called being good to your employees, even in small ways. And you, and in turn, they will Wait, give you. Flogging them with experience. a whip doesn't count as being good? No, Zach, it doesn't. And again, I will say that there have been one or two experiences where I did have to work on Black Friday during my retail years that I genuinely enjoyed. Um, when I worked at this bookstore that was kind of like a cross, a cross between what we have here in Illinois, half price books and a Barnes and Noble, that was a lot of fun because I was working with a good dedicated team of people and was surrounded by pop culture stuff. That made it fun for me. When I was working in a deli, uh, finishing up my se- finishing up my junior and senior years of college, wasn't that bad working on Black Friday. I had a good team. It was a very it was a great environment, and pe- and the customers were friendly, so that made it tolerable. However, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I had that great experience. I know there are bad experiences, and I've had bad experiences too. I have had plenty of stories that I could share, not to bash, just to give examples, and it's a very give and take. With companies like this, especially when you look at big big box stores that are paying their employees more and are treating them better, and I mean across the board from what I've from what I read in the article versus what I've seen data wise reported in publications like the Wall Street Journal and uh, the and New York Times, etc. Big box stores are actually heeding the call of being good to their employees, and in turn getting a return on their investment. GameStop needs to take a look at this because sooner or later, they will run out of golden parachutes. And when they do, they will fall to the earth and make the loveliest unfortunate splat in the history of lovely unfortunate splats. Even bigger than Canon Films made a lovely unfortunate splat. Ah, we can only hope. Yeah, shout out to Walmart, Target, Macy's, and Best Buy for meeting the absolute fucking bare minimum to care about another human being. Good job. Guys, good. Good job. Okay, hold on a minute. They're doing better. In the internet, I'll take it. Listen, it's it's a start. It's a start. But you know what? It is now time to start our way into (laughs) readers' reviews and all the reviews. Doesn't resign us of views at his waltz. Hashtag tick tick boom. Hashtag Lin Manuel Miranda. Hashtag rent. Hashtag my heart. Hashtag Stephen Sondheim. Rest in peace. Oh, man, was ninety one. Well, now though. you that make a, me sad. 
Okay, I didn't mean to, but let's also just take a brief moment to acknowledge I mean, the okay. passing of a titan in the form of Stephen Sondheim. But 91, that is a good age to go out at. Don't be sad because he's gone. Be be happy for what he created for us and allowed us to experience. Yeah, and appreciate the fact that West Side Story is getting a, and again, I realize you normally hear remakes of movies, but one, it's Spielberg, and two, Ansel Elgort is playing Tony, and I forget the actress's name, but I saw her in In the Heights over the summer. You've got two very talented young people playing Tony and Maria, so I'm very okay with that. Just like I am okay with my reader's review for this week. So we have discussed in the past the value of contributing and being funders of comic book Kickstarter or indie funded projects. Example, Sean Gordon Murphy's Plot Holes, which was, you know, kick and button taking names. Sam Sawyer's Salem series, where we, we've had her on a couple of times to talk about that in the past. Well, there's a company called Gallant Comics that I was introduced to by a friend of mine and Zach's, Mr. Justice Carmen. It is the... By, it is the brainchild of two gentlemen by the indie, two uh, industry pros by the name of Steve Butler and uh, Barry Gregory, who have both worked in the industry for years. And their whole point is to take public domain superheroes and characters who have uh, been around since the Golden Age, who are now in the public domain, and doing new adventures about them. They they broke big ground with their Kickstarter years ago for John Amon, Amazing Man, which was a character. Very famously, that was one of the first attacks by DC Comics for copyright infringement mm. during the Golden Age. They've done tons of other great comics over the years. They did The Amazing Miniature Man. They did Siegel and Schuster's, uh, an update of Siegel and Schuster's final collaboration, Funny Man. And they've got upcoming projects like Jet Powers, The Legend of Firehair, and Cowboy Sahib. And their latest offing is a character that showed up in one issue in the 1950s, created by Lou Cameron, Biff Stone, Monster Hunter for Hire. I like the idea of these indie developers and small writers taking like that one character that showed up that one time and then doing a whole spinoff. But my God, does that get done by fucking out of touch Hollywood so often. It does, but the success rate is also here. Like if you go and look at Gallant Comics, all of their past Kickstarters, they are always, they always get the funding and they always deliver on their perks and their uh, and, and their campaign goals to the backers. And I'm one of those backers. And I can say, because I just got this in the mail and I was a happy Josh, that they did not disappoint with what I paid a slash contributed. I got all three issues of the first run. I got my delightful little cloison pin with Biff Stone's face on it. Didn't get my t-shirt yet, but if but you can imagine that if everybody who did the t-shirt, that's different sizes. So you got to make sure you get your sizes right. So I can mm -hmm. wait on that. That's fine. These three issues are awesome. Biff Stone is basically literally a man out of time. He's a disco leisure suit wearing monster hunter from the 70s that disappears into an ethereal void. And what may have been, a, it's very much like what happened to Ant-Man actually in Endgame. What may have been a couple hours or weeks for Biff Stone is decades for, for everyone else. And then he just reappears in the modern age, still wearing the same leisure shoot with the same attitude, getting back into the fight, taking down vampires and werewolves and all these other kind of ghoulish creatures. And it is awesome. I absolutely loved this. I didn't even, I never even heard of Biff Stone until I got this comic and then went in like Googled it. I'm like, 
man, one issue. That's crazy that it was just one comic in the 1950s. But I tell you, the artwork is absolutely great. Del Barris does a great job bringing the world of Biff Stone to life. And I was not disappointed with my return on investment. And uh, Mari, you'll laugh at this. There are moments where he is purposely drawn to look like a Magnum PI Tom Selleck. Nice. Oh my God. Best like, Tom Selleck. That mustache. Oh, oh I, I'll leave. PI. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll make sure to take a picture and show it to everybody uh, of the pin. Like the, the pin, he literally looks like Magnum PI Tom Selleck and he's even doing the eyebrow thing. Like it's and th- that's just the pin. The comic itself is really, really good. And I would honestly encourage everyone to to go check out Gallant Comics. Much as I would encourage anyone, if there are writers and artists that you know who are doing their own projects through Kickstarter, Sean Gordon Murphy's plot holes, Gene Ha when he does Kickstarter projects for his various creations, anything, or even stuff you just find going through these different uh, crowdfunding websites. If do your research first, make sure that the person you're backing does have a good track history of returning on your investment. That is the big thing. Or if they have, if they did miss the mark, that they do write by their backers and make sure to refund their contributions. Either way, I cannot recommend enough. Recommend enough checking out indie stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It will tickle your fancy. It will give you something new to read that you didn't even know existed, and it is worth your time and your money. Matt, to be to be clear, the one time where I will read a story in which that one random character gets elaborated on is an in an indie like this so definitely love seeing these public domain superheroes get a little bit more love shout out to project superpowers at dynamite comics my dude oh project superpowers which was like a smorgasbord of golden age characters that got swept under the rug with the end of the war the fighting yank the black terror madam mask oh kevin you just made my nerd heart swell with joy i am a black terror stan (laughs) Dude, Black Terror, for anyone who doesn't know who the Black Terror is, go look him up. He is probably one of the baddest dudes in comics. Mari, you would like him. Zach, you would also mm. like him. He, uh, he, he has a sword. He uh, decapitates. He's like Batman, but more, but more cooler-like because he's got sword. Okay, and also okay. his, co- his costume's pretty bitchin'. Yeah, no, he's, he's cool. He's like one of the coolest um, Golden Age costumes that from a character you've probably never seen. A really, really cool costume. But uh, let's see, speaking of, of things that are covert and in the shadows and hidden away from the public eye, I watched a fantastic adult animated series on Netflix about, uh, you know what, take take Rick and Morty, cross it with uh, Men in Black and remove a little bit of the like, some of the existentialism and replace it with examinations on mental health. And then you have Inside Job season one on Netflix. This show, y'all are sleeping on this. I'm telling you right now, it's so good. It's basically about, you know, the, a, a fictionalized version of quote unquote, the deep state. It's a company called Cognito Inc. that runs every single conspiracy from Flat Earth to Sasquatch, literally everything, everything. And so workplace comedy, you have the department heads essentially trying to run the world in secret. And it's just it it very cleverly lambasts kind of popular uh, conspiracy culture. The writing is so snappy. And um, I do like Mm. how even though these characters like kind of have their types, 
it really goes into their psychology. It goes into how they confront their own mental health um, stuff. It, it's, it's just really, really good on top of the snappy writing. Uh, you have John DiMaggio in there, Christian Slater playing a, basically a cross between Rick and uh, Frank Gallagher from Shameless. It, it's a great show. 10 episodes, Inside Job, Netflix, just, man, if you, if you like, if you like, um, Oh my God, Solar Opposites, Rick and Morty, stuff like that. I'm telling you, this is going to be your, your new favorite for the year. Kevin, I am so excited you found this. This sounds, I mean, I think I've mentioned it before that I am like obsessed with conspiracy theories. I am just so confounded and into QAnon at the moment. Shout out to QAnon Anonymous, which is a podcast that I love. <laughs> um, this sounds so right up my alley. I genuinely yes. cannot wait to give this a watch. Thank you for recommending this one. I've showed this sounds- to like three or four people and everyone's hooked. <laughs> like it's super good. It sounds like something that like I'm going to watch like four or five episodes at a time of because I'm like, this is a little too real. Okay, it's a little too real, boys and girls. Okay, well, okay, let me tell you, the first episode is about replacing the president with a robot and then that robot going crazy and wanting to um, spend the entire national deficit to to encase America in the AmeriCube, which will keep American greatness in and foreign influence out. And then the, the, the gang behind Cognito we cast to save the world. After endangering it, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's just that's just how the deep state works, you know. It's just, it's just, that's just what they do. That's a day in the life. I see. I see. So, Zach, do you want to go first? I told you guys what I reviewed, so I don't know if you want me to go last, so we have a little bit of room to talk about it. No, you go ahead, so we have a little bit of room to talk about it, and then you know, if if we have time when we're done, we'll talk about my stuff. Listeners, listeners. Oh Listeners, I watched you guys. I don't know if you guys know that it dropped, but I watched the whole season of Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. Oh, they dropped the whole season. Dang, the I entire season that. dropped. Yes. Um, so Mari's a heretic and she'll be executed on the pyre of not a true fan. Okay, so, so this is Zach. This is why our listeners come to us, they want to know whether or not to give these pieces of pop culture their time and attention and they they might be looking for a trusted voice although you shouldn't be trusting me uh to give some thoughts and feels about the best ways to approach this right so stuff it uh i watched it because i do love cowboy bebop cowboy bebop i've talked about many times on this show in the run-up to this so of course i was going to watch it here's what's really interesting to me Besides the fact that I didn't even realize it was out. I was, I swung by my neighbor's apartment uh, and she was so excited. She had just found this new show, powered through the first three episodes. She's on episode four. Do I want to watch this with her? And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you this excited about something in forever. Let's watch it. What is it? She goes, it's a new show called Cowboy Bebop. And I was uh, like, oh, no. Okay. okay. Hey, no, that was really cool to me, right? Because she's somebody who had never heard of the anime, who didn't know anything about Cowboy Bebop. And she, it instantly drew her in and she loved it. And we actually watched the rest of the series together because it was a very cool experience to, you know, watch it kind of through 
a non-fan's eye, somebody who wasn't familiar with it, what she thought. And she just loved watching it through my eyes because I spent a good two-thirds of the show with my jaw just, like, hanging open. If you're a migraine sufferer, we have incredible news for you. Nurtec ODT Remedjapan 75 milligrams is the first and only medication proven to treat and prevent migraines. Just one quick dissolved tablet can start fast and can last for up to 48 hours, helping you take control of your migraine whenever, wherever. Simply wonderful. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec. The most common side effects were nausea, stomach pain, and indigestion. For important safety prescribing and patient information, visit nurtec.com. Ask your doctor about Nurtec today. Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bombas socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good, too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. Good hanging, bad hanging. Excellent question, Zach. Excellent question. Now, I want to say to our listeners who love the anime series, just, just shut that part of your heart down. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I mean, don't go into this. I I guess, you know, my friend had kind of mentioned this to me at some point. She was like, well, what did you expect? That this was just going to be a shot for shot remake of the anime? And I was like, oh shit. Well, I guess until you asked me that question, like I was an idiot, uh, yes, I guess I kind of did expect that this was just going to be a shot for shot remake of the anime. Um, and it very much isn't. For some reason, they decided each episode needs to be 50 minutes instead of, you know, 25 minutes. So That's... this means that... How, how many episodes were there? I want to say there were 10. I okay, say I okay. 10 that, that makes a little more sense to me then. Uh, but no, 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 Zach. You might be thinking we're going to get all like 20-something episodes of the original anime in this first season maybe they like pull together some of the storylines and they put two episodes into each one no 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 and i want you to not react when i tell you this i'm so excited what they fill the other 20 ish minutes or so is with vicious and julia they decided that they needed to write an entire storyline that fleshes out what we only got glimpses of, I mean, maybe like eight minutes total in the whole series, right? They take just those little bit, you know, besides the last couple episodes, um, they take just those little flashes and they flesh it out into its whole own storyline. And for me, it's the only thing about the series that really doesn't work. Oh my God, there's like so much to talk about with this. Okay, listen. Right, right off the top of the bat, I need listeners to know how well the actors nail these parts. Right, we were we were really optimistic when we were seeing some of the stills. We were a little bit more optimistic when we got some of the teasers. Uh, Mustafa Shakir as Jet is Jet Black, like from 
not just the tone of his voice, but all of the tiny little inflections and layers of Jet, you know, where he's being this hard ass, but he's still, you know, the big loving teddy bear papa who wants to like keep an eye on his crew. Like he, he nailed it beautifully. John Cho embodies Spike. He does such an outstanding job from his physicality and the way that he walks and like he, it, it, it is a, it's an older Spike. Um, and so there's a tiredness to him as well that you didn't quite get in the more spry-ish um, anime spike, but it works so well. And even the additional stuff that they wrote um, outside of the series, because they did, there are some storylines that are di- lifted directly from the show. They also make up a lot of new storylines and new things as well. So there's stuff for non people who had watched the original anime there's some new stuff in there Mm, some of it hit some of it miss um and danielle pineda you it's a it's a different fey i want to i want to i want to say it's a slightly different fey but she nails this fey she nails netflix version of fey this fey is a little bit more aggressive isn't quite like quite the right word that i want to use you're missing you know they've done a a little bit of changes with phase motivation we also got phase storyline a lot earlier she shows up in the first episode um so they're introducing her very very early on she's but a little bit more the crew in this one then it's it's very crew yeah 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 you it's hard because we get Ayn and then we lose Ayn and then spoilers Ed shows up right at the very end of the very last episode um I know that there has been a lot of mixed reaction to Ed online so that really does a nice job of bringing me into my next point the look of the show is beautiful as well they had to make some major changes in terms of some storylines that already existed uh just for obvious budget reasons right like it's a really expensive to do let's just say the end scene of the first episode where they're flying around the ring gates and it's a whole sort of like uh space battle um Mm -hmm. flight battle you know, this takes place a little bit more, you know, on the ground in a warehouse. Um, but they still do a lot of things where they'll take maybe specific scenes from the anime and then recreate them in the live action. So an example of this um, real classic scene at the end of the first episode of the anime where, um, you know, it's this boyfriend and girlfriend and they've stolen all of these drugs and she kills him also a slight change in the tv show um she kills him and then their plane gets shot out and you see this beautiful you know short scene of her you know in space as this what you thought was a pregnant belly actually is ripped open and all these little drug vials just you know escape out of her and so they recreate that in the live action they do that a few different times throughout the show um they go a little bit overboard in terms of some of the angles they do even my friend who didn't watch the series like noticed a couple of things where she was like oh man it's really cool how they're filming from behind the fan uh, from the ceiling. Like that was a shot for shot 
kind of or you know pull from mm -hmm. the anime again they do go overboard on some of it they go overboard on the dutch angles and why i say all of this is because i do think that this version cowboy bebop netflix's cowboy bebop there's a lot of very good stuff in there visually it's beautiful the acting is great storylines are, are mostly fine again i don't care about julia and vicious because they were these mysterious ethereal you had to fill in the blanks on all of that background and history and so obviously when you put that in the forefront and you tell that story you're going to take away from some of that right now you've canonized your version of the story and you know the official version of the story instead of this things that I had to come up with in order to fill in the black and what their relationship looked like. Mm. So um, there are pieces of it that do feel very anime. There are pieces of it that feel very live action. For me, it feels like it's missing something that I've had a really hard time trying to verbalize in the run up to this episode. Right, because it's not necessarily like the heart that's missing. It's not necessarily like I can point to a thing and say, this is why it feels like I'm drinking skim milk instead of whole milk. But there is that general, I, I was missing that richness. And for me, that is so much about what the original anime was, this rich blending of noir storytelling and sci-fi and music and art. Um, so subtly and masterfully brought together to tell a story and this keeps a lot of those elements reflects a lot of those elements but it is still just a reflection i think it holds up well on its own again you've got to go as anime watchers you've got to go into it with just that part of your brain turned off and enjoy this adaptation for what it is it is not mm. cowboy bebop it is Netflix's Cowboy Bebop, and let that be its own thing. It, I, I ain't watching I'll, I'll this until, oh, sorry, It's kind of hard, right? I understand what you're saying, but that's hard, right? That's very hard to do because I am here for Cowboy Bebop. You have yes. taken the name of Cowboy Bebop, and that is what I am here for. You are, you're going to struggle, especially, again, for me, Vicious and Julia, they were the weakest point of the series. I don't know if it was the actors who portrayed them, which is hard. I can see why people had problems with Vicious, the actor that played Vicious. Um, he managed to be both like over the top and hammy while also being a little bit wooden. Like that's a very interesting feat to pull off. Um, well, I would say Vicious especially would be difficult, right? Because we got- Yeah, I think you're gonna have trouble. We got a lot more just like we right we got very little screen time of vicious and julia but we got more description of julia certainly than we did of vicious right yes so there's a little bit there was a little bit more to flesh out with julia vicious was i would say largely a blank slate like He's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's a controlling maniac with a sword, right? That's that's really the only thing you can solidly say that they yes. put in there. I'm gonna hold off on this one until I watch the original. I, I think I, it's a safe bet. Or should, or would it be better to watch this first and then go to the original to 
you know, gets eventually you know, basically work my way up in terms of quality. Yeah, Kevin, I actually having done this experience with this friend of mine who was unfamiliar with it, I do almost want to say I recommend seeing this TV, this Netflix adaptation first. And then when you go and you watch the cartoon, you will understand the homage and what they were trying to do. And then, yes, you'll just see how it okay. was done better. You know what I mean? Work your way. I mean, here's the thing. If you had to wait for that, I would say wait to see what the great version of it is. But I would argue, right, we've got a version that's amazing right now, right? Like, you can already go see the version that's fantastic. Why wait? It does make an interesting point. Like, like it, my thought is, if you can have a Pizza Hut pizza or a pizza made by a master pizza chef that was cooked in a wood-fired oven, and you can, right, both of them are hot and ready in front of you, why would you eat Pizza Hut when you can go get the hot and when you can get the masterpiece, the original, better? That's my thought. See, I, yes, but could you appreciate? Could you appreciate the Master Chef pizza until you had had the Pizza Hut pizza? When you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. hey, this is pretty good. You know what I mean? Bread, sauce, cheese, love all of these things. How do you possibly uh, do better? And then you mm-hmm. go to the wood fire oven, and you're like, holy shit, this elevates pizza to a level I didn't even recognize. I think there. you've convinced me. I think you've convinced me of my watch order. I will say good for that. Mari, you have done an excellent job. Bravo. Just want to do a quick shout out for the uh, performer Mason Alexander Park. Mari, they they were the uh, character of Gren in the nightclub. And the reason I'm shouting them out is because they are clearly just doing awesome in terms of their performance stuff because Mason is going to be playing Desire in Netflix's The Sandman. Ah, okay. Yes, so based on how they did in this performance, I think they'll do an outstanding job in that performance. I was already kind of sold on Mason being de- uh, Desire because I first discovered them. I'm a huge fan of the musical Cabaret, Liza Minnelli and Joel Ooh, Grey, yeah. all the way. Uh, a few years ago, Mason played the role of the MC at the only theater center and just did a th- fabulous job in cabaret like like i i I just i was watching youtube videos but i was like man this person is nailing it like they like had they had a they had an energy that was there that felt very much like joel gray but also elevated it to a slightly uh sensual level at the same time because i'm like it's a cabaret uh it's you're gonna get some people tugging at their shirt collars like uh oh okay it's a little hot in here people okay so it, it just lovely performer wanted to give them a shout out. Also, Zach, John Cho is probably one of the best things about this in terms of bringing Spike Spiegel to life. Like I know we're all like Steve, we're, we're all Steve Bloom acolytes. Let's face it. Steve Bloom is one of the best voice actors of the modern Look, age. All we need to say about Steve Bloom is that he's reached the point in a voice acting career where he no longer does voices. He just reads. And therefore, it is good on the seventh well, day. Sometimes I wish Steve would do things a little bit differently, but most of the time I'm okay with it. Completely respect that opinion. So last, but certainly not least, and definitely not forgotten in any capacity, 
I went back into 40k universe because you know what? Sometimes books go on sale, and I hate giving Games Workshop my money, but there's a lot of pretty good books out there. So what if I told you that there's technically one good person in the Warhammer 40k universe? I mean, statistically, it had to happen. It, uh, he pilots a crisis suit. He's a member of the Tau. Um, the Tau are... It's an oversimplification to call them space communists, but, like, they run around talking about doing things for the greater good. Uh, uh, like, they're like Japanese communists in the dark future of mankind. Okay, Because they're whole con- like, like, they have kimonos that aren't kimonos. They talk about honor and the warrior code, and, you know, they've got a case system where this group does this, you know, the warriors do the warrior thing, the diplomats do the diplomat thing, the workers do the worker thing, and they all work together to make a harmonious whole. And it's all for the greater good. And then, of course, because it's 40k, he finds out uh, it's not for the greater good. uh, And that the people running his society are, in fact, uh, possibly evil, possibly corrupt, or they might just be keeping knowledge of the psychic horrors that roam the universe from their people because they don't want to burden them with that knowledge. He doesn't know, but he slowly finds out he slowly finds out as uh, he runs into psychic horrors. It's almost Lovecraftian. I like the idea of like the one good guy in the Warhammer universe, and he suddenly starts to realize, like, wait a minute, I think everyone's a jerk. <laughs> there is a lot of murder going on. Wow, it's kind of like that though, because like, right? So like, there's this group called the Ethereals, and they're, first of all, when your ruling class is called the Ethereals, that's an alarm bell, everyone. Mm. Right. Right. Like if you call but yourself like someone, a patriot. Yeah. Someone Ooh. someone uh, embarrasses the ethereals and they disappear. And no one thinks about it too hard. And then someone else embarrasses some ethereals and they disappear. And then he starts thinking, hey, these people keep disappearing who are causing these guys problems. And I'm getting really popular because I saved us from the Imperium. And they just sent me halfway across the galaxy to the edge of the Empire. And then they told me I'm not getting any reinforcements. It's very, that's well, that very, doesn't sound like you're coming back. That's, that's very like Dune. We'll put the Atreides in this pen and then the Emperor will just go ape shit. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly political. And if you want to read about a bunch of uh, noseless Japanese space communists killing orcs for two books, it's pretty good. And then at the end, you've got some psychic horror. I mean, really, really, what more do you need? You greedy content bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Farsight is like one of the only people in the universe who I'm like, hey, he might actually just be a good guy who wants to do right by as many people as he possibly can. Kind of like kind of like uh, how uh, Moist Von Lipwig is given a second chance by Vetinari and he turns it around completely. A couple what are of these times. noises that kind you've made of, with your face? Except, except He's the, he, I mean, kind of, except Farsight's been a pretty solid dude from the beginning. Okay, so Farsight is just, from the word go, a solid dude, whereas Moist had to be literally killed once and then given a second chance by, yes. well, let's face it, the only time we ever get Vetinari in any kind of live action is Charles Dance. So I'm literally just going to always picture <laughs> Lord Vetinari as the right as the man among men charles dance can i get an amen here people i'm kind of okay with that but so yeah once again um if you want to learn about one of the more pivotal characters in 40k i highly recommend uh crisis of faith for commander farsight 
if you still don't like 40k, this is probably not going to change your opinion of it. It's still 40k. And therefore, it is still consistently awesome. And, and much in the way of... It's consistently nonsensical. I'll give it that. <laughs> Hmm. That sounds like a that sounds like a quartet of individuals that I'm very familiar with. Oh wait, that's us because we're just that much fun. <laughs> but you know what? As it is with all good things, the fun must end for the day. It is time to put the comic books back in the long boxes, the games back in the cabinet, the toys back on the shelf, and time to just go outside. And if the weather's nice, enjoy the weather. Take a walk, read a book, ride your bike, hang out with loved ones and friends. Enjoy the weather before we get into those lean, cold winter months. Because we're all here in Chicago, and we know what that means. Snowpocalypse. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, oh, God, yeah. And uh, also, if you're around on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central, you want you want to you want to laugh your, your freaking butt off. Jump into the CCC podcast stream on Twitch. That's oh. twitch.tv slash CCC podcast to see the marvelous misadventures of cringe Bruce Wayne and murder hobo Batman. I'm playing through Telltale Games Batman, and I swear to God, I, I every every week I never laugh harder than I do the, throughout the rest of the week. It, it's honestly, I get amazing a about it. <laughs> it's fun i'm making batman as much of an awkward asshole as possible it's it's good it's good stuff i'm sure that's a real stretch to do that i know <laughs> it is yeah well i can't wait to see what happens next and remember from all of us here i'm josh i'm mari i'm kevin uh, I'm Kevin's uh, slightly differently voiced twin who got created in yet another teleporter accident and is about to be abandoned by the end of the show. Listen, it's literally one per show. Every episode has been a different Zach clone. Holy sure, shit, like the prestige? Make sure to support your local libraries, comic book stores, and other small-owned businesses in the area. I hope that everybody continues to stay true to the nerd that is within you. You can check us out on all of our social media platforms. Make sure to check out many fine people that we have had on the podcast over the years, including Bag of Bondage Babe, Quick Cosplay, Sam Sawyer, Rob Paulson. The list goes on and on. And we will see you next time, folks. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Bye for now, everyone. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Today's customers expect fast, personalized support. Intercom has the tools you need to deliver just that, efficiently, at any scale. Supercharge your team's productivity and make your customers super happy with Intercom. Learn more at intercom.com slash support. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash Joshua and become a $2 backer today and get early access to the new episodes. I'll be leaving a link in the description down below, but for now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Augment Experience Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Joshua Vellis. I'm a student, musician, and a gamer at heart. Join me as I sit down every week to talk about all the latest news in the technology, business, and video game world. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is Joshua Vels. I am your host as usual. And obviously, welcome back to the show. Today's episode 196 of the show. Before we get started, we do house cleaning quick because, well, we like to do it around here. So let's just get on with the house cleaning. I do want to say thank you guys for coming back and listening to today's episode. It does really mean a lot to me. You guys constantly take time in your days to download these episodes, to share these episodes, to constantly keep letting me know how you feel, whether you like my stupid voice or not. I still greatly appreciate your guys' feedback, even though YouTube is a bit finicky in the sense of getting rid of the dislike button. So, you know, there's that. I do want to say thank you guys for constantly downloading these episodes, for sharing them, for always voicing your opinions, voting on the topics, even though this week we didn't do a poll, which is my bad. But there was a topic that I wanted to talk about, which that's why today's episode we're talking about a certain topic. I do want to say thank you to the Patreon backers as well. Well, you guys obviously have been supporting the show for over two years now, so I greatly appreciate you guys for that. I do also want to say, and this is just a fair warning for anybody that is not comfortable having this kind of conversation that we're going to have today, this conversation will involve topics such as sexual misconduct and very heavy topics that it's okay if you're uncomfortable listening. i totally understand that it's perfectly fine i just want you to be aware that this conversation is going to be very heavy and this isn't going to be a lighthearted conversation either because i know this topic has been circulating the media for a couple months now well primarily in the past couple weeks but it has been something on people's mind and radar for at least a few months and for me i wanted to take my time with it especially given the severity of it and given how serious the matter is. And I don't want to jump the gun just to get the quick, easy info out there. However, after further developments after and new situations arising, I felt that it was only fair that we have this conversation and why accountability in the workplace and accountability for especially large companies needs to be very very prevalent especially given the situations that we're currently dealing with so if you have been living under a rock the things that have been happening the past couple weeks with activision blizzard have been nothing short of disgusting have been nothing short of completely lack of regard for human safety for a lot of the situation hasn't really been it hasn't been good at all to say the least and i know i'm not trying to like sugarcoat some things i'm also just being mindful with my language and 
being more reserved in some things that I say, because at the same time, I want people to be willing to engage in this conversation. And I don't want to say, say some words that might, I I know it kind of sounds weird to say it like to trigger somebody, but like I said, this is a very sensitive matter and I do want to approach it in the sensitive way that it is because yes, as the state of California has done their investigation over Activision Blizzard for the past year or so, they have deemed that there has been a lot of sexual misconduct coming from up higher up officials at Activision Blizzard. And at the same time that the CEO, Bobby Kotick, has also been aware of the whole sexual misconduct going on at Activision Blizzard. On top of that, that's not even like, that's only part of it. Recently, it was revealed that a high-ranking official at Sony, or PlayStation specifically, had been outed for pedophilia. That he, it was... Yeah. This is... Okay, guys. I'm going to try to be as clean cut as I can about this kind of stuff. For me, I despise that there's a lack of accountability from these high-ranking officials. I am appalled. I know I have to use the big words now. I'm very disgusted by the fact that there is a lack of accountability from colleagues that nobody wants to really come out and just say, Hey man, you messed up. This was horrible. You got to pay the consequences. But instead you have companies covering up. You have companies trying to protect these individuals who did something wrong and pretend like nothing happened and just let everything go back to normal. What doesn't make this better is the fact that consumers have continued to show time and time again how blatantly stupid they are, how blatantly they don't seem to care about the well-being of others, that they clearly don't care about the whole issues behind these companies. And here's another thing I will add on to it. The Game Awards is coming up very soon. The day this episode goes live, the next day is the Game Awards. Originally, people were very concerned how Blizzard Activision was going to be handled how they were going to be approached given the game awards coming up especially since they were nominated one of activision i think activision blizzard they have actually sponsored and supported the game awards so they are a primary donor and people were concerned if jeff Keeley, the host of the game awards was going to come out and renounce activision blizzard for these actions that they had taken or primarily the lack of action that has been taken to properly resolve this matter and well thankfully jeff Keeley came out i don't believe it was because of social pressure i genuinely believe uh, like i personally want to believe to the best of my you know believe in the best of people that jeff was already going to make a response and he decided hey i think it's time that i make a response especially with this big award coming up and i appreciate jeff coming out and denouncing activision blizzard for their actions and also their poor handling of the situation I also applaud Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo for openly talking about and specifically internally sending out documents saying that, yes, they are reevaluating the relationship with Activision Blizzard. And I get it. It's a whole big PR move because let's be real. Like, I think these I think Nintendo, Sony and Xbox don't want to be anywhere associated with this whole situation with Activision Blizzard because, yeah, I know some people have been calling for Bobby Kotick to re- to resign. However, 
I don't really think that's going to change anything. Like, yes, I understand when you get rid of the head of the table. Yes, in theory, someone new will take over. But the fact that this was so ingrained in this culture, or specifically this work environment, for such a long period of time is just absolutely disgusting. The fact that no other high-ranking official said anything about it. Nobody wanted to come out and speak out about this. Like, yes, I understand that there were Activision Blizzard employees that staged a walkout after the the investors had came out and said that they fully back Bobby Kotick. And personally, I think that was complete bullshit. I think that if you think Bobby Kotick is going to fix the situation, he's definitely not. He's part of the problem. He needs to own up to his part of the problem, which is... My man, you knew this was happening. You knew that this was happening in your company. You knew that people were being affected. You knew that your employees specifically were working in an unsafe working environment, that they were constantly being mistreated, mishandled, that they were constantly just... To me, it baffles me because everyone has a part to blame in this entire situation. If I'm being honest, it's not just Bobby Kotick. It's not just the people that were actually responsible for the sexual misconduct. It's not just, you know, like other companies, like everyone has a part to blame in this. Let's talk about the consumers. Cause to me, it baffles me, especially given the fact that yes, Activision Blizzard has made some very popular IPs, But the fact that consumers continue to support them financially, they continue to buy their products and that, you know, a lot of content creators still cover their, you know, cover their games is very disheartening, especially because I've always seen this on social media and maybe you guys have seen it too, where companies, they do something bad, but consumers blatantly just throw a blind eye pretend like nothing happened because they make great games and they can't do anything wrong nintendo is a prime example of this xbox is a prime example of this sony is a prime example of this activision blizzard ain't no different people are literally doing the exact same bull crap with this company even though it is clear as day you got caught red-handed doing some shit you shouldn't have been doing and consumers are just throwing a blind eye Call of Duty is still selling well. World of Warcraft is still doing well. Like, I don't know how Overwatch is doing. That game seems pretty dead to me. Like, Diablo. It's one of those things where it's just horribly disheartening that consumers are... Let's put it like this. You have a large amount of people online very upset about this entire situation. They're strictly against Activision Blizzard. We all know that they're in the wrong We all know that this is complete bullcrap that this situation even happened and that nothing is really being done to change anything. And yet consumers are still buying their products, still supporting their franchises, still supporting them financially by buying and using their services. And yet people are saying, oh, we should boycott them. And yet when it comes time to do it, nobody does it. That to me is what's the most disheartening is the fact that there's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of care. There's a lack of, it genuinely just seems like people don't seem to really give a shit. And that's just hard that you get how bad that you do. You realize how bad that sounds and how that looks as consumers, like people looking in on the situation that have no stakes in this scenario at all are looking at people that have like, that are investing in this company that are supporting this company. And they know that this company is just complete dog shit. You know, like I always give Nintendo fans a lot of shit 
Like, I'm just being real with you. Nintendo fanboys will literally buy any piece of shit Nintendo slaps their logo on because that's how they are. They're just tra- they're just trained to do that. And people make fun of them for it. But hey, man, those people are loyal. You guys have to have that same kind of energy because you can't be giving Nintendo shit for what they do and they just throw a blind eye to this entire situation with Activision Blizzard. We keep in mind we haven't even talked about the Sony situation where one of their high-ranking officials literally was outed as a pedophile caught in 4K, my man. Literally caught in 4K going to a child's home. Like what the hell? And it's kind of funny that this happened during the situation where Sony released an internal memo denouncing Activision Blizzard that they're saying we're reevaluating our relationship with them. And yeah, these homeboys got caught lacking too because one of their high ranking officials got outed as a pedo. Like, where is the lack of account? Where is the accountability in this? Like, I, I'm genuinely surprised. And keep in mind, Sony hasn't come out at the time of this recording, has not come out and said anything about this situation. Do you realize how bad that looks on them when they're very open and vocal to throw Blizzard under the bus? But no, no, no. Like when it comes to one of our own, we're going to pretend like nothing happened. Like we're going to do our own internal investigation. Like homeboy, your homeboy got caught in 4K going to a kid's home. It's on camera. It's on the Internet. Everyone knows that this happened. You can't pretend like, oh, this is just a misunderstanding, man. Like my man. You got caught lacking. You got you literally got caught doing something that is one horribly wrong and two you got caught doing it and you're pretending like nothing happened. This is what I hate about specifically big tech companies. This is what I hate about fanboyism is that it's always this idea that they will always protect their own even when technically one of their own got affected by the situation too in the case of activision blizzard where you had high-ranking officials sexually abusing other people that work there like you get what i mean is like where is this accountability like why was all this stuff always thrown to the bus like just you know never wanted to be mentioned you know heck one of these things like they even mentioned during the bobby kotick situation with activision blizzard that he knew about one of these situations and it went to court and it got settled out of court. And yet he didn't tell the investors and shareholders anything about this situation. Just completely throw it under the bus. Pretend like nothing happened. Like everything is smooth. Everything is perfect. We're still printing this money off these Call of Duty fanboys. To me, it's just completely disgusting. And I just want the, to put this in perspective for some of you. Imagine if this was one of your family members that was affected by this. You know, let's say your family member was in the case of, you know, was at a job and a high-ranking official sexually abused your family member. How would you feel? How would you react to that situation? Would you just be like, nah, it's, it's good. It's perfectly fine. You know, nothing wrong here. Or would you be raising hell and literally want to have somebody's head on a pike? Let's let's think about the Sony situation too. Imagine if that was your kid, if you're a parent and you and your kid was the one that was, you know, in that situation. Would you be perfectly fine and comfortable knowing that that happened and pretend like the company and be okay with the company not doing anything to this individual? Would you be okay with that? Like you guys really have to put this in perspective is I get it. 
human beings are pretty selfish. Like, we really are selfish. Unless something happens to us, we don't give a monkey's dog dick. I'm just being honest with you. That's just how people are. I'm like, and that's coming from me. Somebody that I always like to see the best in people. I always like to think the best of people. But even I acknowledge that, yes, not everything's all sunshine and rainbows. The world is not sunshine and rainbows. This is a very flawed, this is a very broken world that we live in. And yeah, shit like this happens. And it's a sad reality that it does. But what's even worse is the fact that in the case of the Activision Blizzard stuff, yes, people are making their voices heard. They're clearly showing there's disdain for this company. But in the case of Sony, man, y'all, y'all are just dog shit. I'm just being honest with y'all. Like, if you it, like, I get it. People really want a PS5, but if you are still buying a PS5, you're still supporting PlayStation right now after the situation where one of their high-ranking officials got out of the pedo, guys. If you want a company to listen, you hit them where it hurts. And that's the same thing that's going on with Activision Blizzard specifically is like they won't do anything until their wallets are hurt. And because right now the bottom line hasn't been changed. It's not being affected so bad. Like, you know, Call of Duty still printing out money. Call of Duty Mobile still doing good. You know, all their IPs are still doing well. They're still printing money. The fact that even the shareholders are still firmly behind Bobby Kotick, that they're still okay with him leading the company even though he's currently responsible for, well, he has his part in this entire situation for everything that's happening. Like, guys, you have to realize this, how bad this situation has to get when a local, when a state government has to do a full-blown investigation on your company for abuse, for sexual misconduct. Like, these people have their information. They know what they're talking about. Like, it's not oh these are just allegations like my dude they've been looking into you they've been looking into this company for years this has been an investigation going on for a while now and the fact that you know the wall street journal dropped a bombshell which it's kind of funny talking saying that like that they dropped an article that primarily focused on bobby kotick actively knowing of everything going on and didn't say a word didn't do anything and just threw everything under the rug and pretend it's all perfectly fine is absolutely disgusting I will also add, as I mentioned before, consumers aren't helping the situation at all by continuing to support these companies. I'm glad that other partners are starting to like put pressure on and say, hey, we're rethinking our relationship with you guys because you guys have clearly shown that your leadership is incompetent, that your leadership is not being held accountable. Because think about it, like Activision Blizzard implemented these new policies, like a zero tolerance policy. However, it doesn't affect people like Bobby Kotick. It doesn't affect certain high ranking officials. That's complete bullshit. I think if you really want change, it affects everybody like zero tolerance on everybody. You have to hold everybody accountable because nothing is going to change if you don't start holding people accountable because that's the reality of things is there's a lack of accountability in both of these situations. In the case of the Sony stuff, they haven't even said jack squat about this guy. I don't even know what they're going to do about him. We'll deal with him when time comes. F that guy still. I'm saying that right now. Screw that guy. In the case of Activision Blizzard and Bobby Kotick, all of them need to go. Like, There's no way in hell you can leave any high-ranking official left in that company. You literally have to do a full purge and get rid of them all. Hire brand new people. Implement very firm policies that hold everybody accountable. That there's zero tolerance. Like, no, no. We're not going to tolerate any bullshit. We're not going to tolerate any abuse. We're not going to tolerate any misconduct. No. And I get it. Some people say, well, Josh, you're kind of sounding pretty extreme, bro. You're sounding 
you know, you kind of sound like a, like a, what's it called? A, um, you're starting to sound like a dictator. I'm like, no guys, this situation, this kind of attitude, this kind of mindset, this kind of conduct should never be allowed in any workplace ever. It shouldn't be allowed in your friend groups. It shouldn't be allowed in your home. It shouldn't be allowed in your schools. It shouldn't be allowed in your job. This idea, this mindset of abusing people, of hurting people should never be allowed anywhere. And there needs to be accountability. We need to hold these people accountable. And yes, one way is by not supporting their products, not buying their shit. This doesn't just apply to Activision Blizzard. This applies to companies like Apple, to Google, to Facebook, to you know, Twitter, this applies to Adobe, this applies to NVIDIA, AMD, this applies to any company that you like and that you support. You have to be holding these people accountable when they do something stupid. You cannot just pretend that everything is perfectly fine, that nothing is wrong when there's clearly something wrong. That is just the pure definition of ignorance. That's the pure definition of just being stupid. That's a complete disregard for human well-being. Like, I know that kind of sounds mean and I may be coming off harsh, but you guys have to understand that this this can never be allowed to happen ever. There needs to be firm regulations in place to stop bullcrap like this because this is absolutely disgusting. The fact that this was allowed to go on, that it was known that this was actively going on for years is complete bullcrap. And the fact that nobody called them out on it until now is absolutely disgusting. And the fact that consumers are still supporting this company even after their bullshit I don't know what to say. Like to me, it's just, it's completely disgusting. Like it's easy to say, let's just boycott this company, but it's easy to say that. But when it comes time to do it, nobody's going to do it. And that's what makes it disheartening. That's what makes it discouraging. And it just shows that the victims who were abused, who were sexually, like, you know, sexually, emotionally, mentally, physically, the fact that, that these people have to still go to work and see these people there is absolutely disgusting. And to me, it's just, it's very heartbreaking. It's very disheartening. And it just, to me, I'm just disgusted. I know that I may be talking about this too late, but I know that this is an important thing to talk about. I know that this isn't something that we can just let go under the bus, pretend like nothing happened. And because it's easy to do that there's so many people doing it but like i said is i want to keep it honest with you guys i want to keep it straight with you guys i don't support this at all the whole situation with sony they need to step up their shit and literally get rid of that guy like just straight up he needs to be gone the fact that homie you were caught in 4k in the act you literally have zero rebuttal you have zero way to back out of this you literally were caught in 4k and if they let this dude off the hook perfectly fine fuck sony i'm saying this right now sorry for my language i i genuinely apologize for that but it's just absolutely disgusting with all this situation and to be honest i hope they get everything that comes to them both companies i really hope they do all the people at activision blizzard that got away with all this conduct not anymore homeboy you're you're definitely gonna get caught whether you want, like some people say, whether, oh, they got, oh, they got laid off, but they got million dollar uh, layoff bonus. I'm like, whether you deal with punishment now or in the life to come, homeboy, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get yours. You will. There, you ain't escaping anything, my man, because justice will always be served. That's just how it is. Whether you think you're going to escape it, whether you get justice in this life or you're certainly going to get in the next one, buddy, you ain't getting away from this. And the same thing goes to that guy at Sony, F that guy. 
but that's just my two cents on the matter in this entire situation. I wanted to talk about it. I took my time with it because I wanted to see the information. I wanted to see the developments. And after the whole thing, like I said, after everything with Sony that happened to, I just felt that it was time that I did this conversation. I know it's a very heavy conversation and I thank you guys for everyone that sat through this. And if you didn't, Hey, I perfectly understand that this may be a very sensitive topic to you. This may be a very hard topic to talk about. I still greatly appreciate that you guys you know, allowed me to elaborate a little bit and I wanted to be respectful and kind towards you as well. Because like I said, you guys mean a lot to me. You guys have actively supported me by downloading and sharing this show. You guys have actively, you know, voted on topics and I wanted to show that level of respect back to you guys as well. But, you know, let me know what you guys think about this entire situation. From here on out, I I'm going to be very vocal. I've always been vocal about this entire situation with Activision Blizzard, especially when the whole thing happened with China and banning like support for Hong Kong. And now with Sony, I'm like, to be honest, I might not, I'm guaranteed I'm not buying a PlayStation at all, especially with this lack of accountability. Like I, I can't support this company at all. And the same thing if Microsoft, if Microsoft, something like this happens too, hell yeah, I'm getting rid of that shit, getting rid of the Series X. Like I'm just being dead honest because this cannot be tolerated this mindset of just oh let it all under the rug bro everything's perfectly fine nothing's wrong no if you know if the fact that sony still hasn't done anything about this and the fact that activision blizzard is still getting away with this bullcrap you know if say microsoft or nintendo was in a similar situation no it'd be different if they actually actively dealt with it right away they're like nope this won't be tolerated this guy's fired he's going to be prosecuted in court we're going to completely have different management structures. We're going to like, if they start going all in and changing and holding people accountable. Hey, that's great. I applaud them. I'm still going to support that company because they did the right thing. Sony blizzard, step up your shit, do the right thing, get rid of all these people involved and really actively pursue change and show that you want things to be different because this is completely unacceptable. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. If you like this episode, click the like button. This like button doesn't even matter anymore. So who cares about it? You know, download this episode, share this episode, do what you guys got to do. For me, I'm thankful you guys have allowed me to have a piece of your time. And I greatly appreciate that. And I respect that. I do want to say thank you guys for your love and support. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I know that I could do another episode this week, but I felt that it's better to, for this week specifically, it's better to, leave it on this for this week because this is what we need to be talking about this is what we need to be actively pursuing justice to be served to be honest but i love you guys to death please continue to take care of yourself continue to take care of those around you continue to be accountable and holding other accountables continue or continue to hold others accountable continue to allow yourself to be held accountable for what you do to be honest the world is still a crazy place guys but that's why we're supposed to come together. We're supposed to constantly care for one another. We're constantly supposed to be checking in on one another, seeing how somebody's doing. And if something's wrong, speak up and talk about it. Don't, don't just hold it in and pretend like, or wait till somebody else handles it. No, do your part. And if you see something wrong, speak up, talk about it, engage, don't disengage, engage in that situation, even if it's hard. But I love you guys to death. I hope you have yourselves a wonderful week and weekend. And as always, don't do anything dumb guys. And I will see you guys next week. Love you guys. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day and listening to today's episode. If you're interested in supporting the show, whether it be financially, clicking the follow button, or just sharing the episode, it all works for me, guys. Thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you guys to death.
Today's customers expect fast, personalized support. Intercom has the tools you need to deliver just that, efficiently, at any scale. Supercharge your team's productivity and make your customers super happy with Intercom. Learn more at intercom.com slash support. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It's the Riot Podcast. Hello, everybody. Well, or just one person because you're just an individual listening. <laughs> we see you. Unless there's a group yeah. of you. <laughs> right. You, you're sharing this with your friends? Yeah. So you all gathered around? In the car, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, happy Wednesday to you if you are listening on Wednesday because that's when we're recording this. And happy, not just Wednesday, happy National Brownie Day. Isaiah, do you like brownies? I love brownies. I prefer a brownie over a cookie for really? sure. Oh, yes, yeah. I love brownies. Did you guys see what's in the fridge? There brownies in the fridge? There's a box of, a huge box of Cheryl's cookies. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And they that. usually have sometimes Some like a brownie too. in there, too. Yeah. So I'm waiting on, like, who's going to open it. Oh, it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was for us or not. I didn't know Somebody either. else we share the fridge we have with. other or... people that, you know, work in the building, a part yeah. of Radio U, but then also part of something else. They just give them all to us. Oh, they so do. So <laughs> it's good. We can take them. Ooh, I'll have to look into that after but we're done with this. I'm going to wait for them to open it, but they'll be here in a little bit. It, so I'll make sure I bring it up. Sounds good. Yeah, I, like, I was going to ask. These or, uh... Oh, we're ready. <laughs> we are absolutely ready. Um, four brownies. Two things. Uh, one, are you guys crunch like um, crunchy brownies or, or fudgy or fudgy? Whatever you would count the edge. You like, like the edge? I like the edge Ooh. of brownies. What like about the outside you? piece? Yeah. I like the outside piece, but I still want it to be soft. little crunchy, yeah. but then you get like a little yeah. layer of crisp soft around, around the edge. Warmth, of course. Because you can get the brownie pans that are just edges only. It's oh, like yeah. those pizza pan things. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all fudge all the time. I mean, basically, like the middle part. I don't even want it to be cooked. Right. Just, give, give, yeah. <laughs> just give me a brownie with a brownie batter with a spoon. All right. And I'll well, be the good. countdown is <laughs> ticking for you to get salmonella. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but then I also was going to ask do you guys prefer uh, brownies with or without frosting? Frosting? Oh, I'm, I'm without. Yeah. I don't need frosting with my I brownies. I do. I'll take it. You're frosting. Oh, I am yeah. highly anti-frosting on brownies. I'm not highly anti-frosting, but I I wouldn't do it myself. But if a brownie did have frosting on it, wouldn't hate it. I would still eat it. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, you'd be like, "Ooh, bonus!" Yeah. You lick the frosting off the top is Before? the would be the right way to do it because then you still get a brownie without frosting. Yeah, but what's which is the, the right harm? Way. The brownie is being helped by the no, icing. No, it's not being it's helped. See, that's the thing. No. Okay, it's like the ketchup hot dog people. It's yeah. fine. Just put whatever. I I just uh, you know uh, frosting is made for cake. It's fine for cookies. It's just for brownies. Brown again. I guess when you want a really fudgy brownie, the that's the, like cake. Yeah, that yeah. Or the fudge is the frosting because mm. it's so liquidy. So guys, we have to stop. Yeah. I'm really hungry. I really I know, do. Want I am a really so nice hungry. Fudgy it's not brownie fair right anymore. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> hungry. I really want a brownie. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's change the topic did to we something else. We talked about anything else besides yeah. food. Oh yeah, of course we did. We talked about how no matter how many days we work, 
will always want to work less. <laughs> we'll never be satisfied. <laughs> Pretty much no matter what. But uh, we have found, uh, we've talked about the four-day work week a lot. We found a compromise that might might work. This actually could work for us, but so far no talks are on the table. So we'll see. We'll update you guys. Yeah. But we'll, we'll just save that idea for uh, when you get to it in the podcast. Actually, it's for when listening. you renew your contract or your, <laughs> yeah, uh, your yeah, employment. Right. That's when you bring this one of a yeah. four, of more than just a four-day work week. You get your union lawyers, your representatives <laughs> on this one. We don't have that. <laughs> no. Uh, we talked about that. We also touched on a new Starbucks hack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, pretty much just has you get it without ice. It's Don't not that it. complex. It's not ruined. It's they just could like, have kept listening to the podcast. It's just so like you're cheating. Yeah. You're just cheating. No, you're not. Since you're when cheating. are you such a you want you want to pad Starbucks? I'm not trying to do the so right much. thing or something. But at the same time, if it's like a hack, like it just doesn't feel like a hacked hack to me. You know. <laughs> Doesn't feel like a legit like this but is a hack. But that's because you don't go to Starbucks and order six dollar ice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't true. normally all point. my drinks. I will sometimes be done with it before I pull out of Starbucks because it's all ice. Yep, that's a that's a great so, point. Sometimes the hack is not a bad thing. My disappointment with this hack is it has no application whatsoever to hot drinks, which is the only thing I. Ever yeah, get that's at what you really need. Oh. Yeah, that's I need a hot drink hack. You got anything else? Let's take a look here. Uh, <laughs> I would say the other thing that kind of was interesting to me is the, I don't even know how to describe Wait, the this. the only other thing that's interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> what are you talking about? No. We did a whole podcast. For, Listen, for, for this moment right trash. now, for this moment right now, the other thing that I would say would be a good thing for the intro uh, was when you guys were talking about giving birth in a Tesla. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like we didn't hype up enough how, like, it was like a Tesla. Like, yeah, but what do you now mean? the Tesla's like baby stuff. It's not in it. like it's not like you ruined, have to go though. get it detailed. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like a cool way to like give birth. Like oh yeah, I gave birth, and like it's kind of like a slight flex. Like yeah, I gave birth in a uh, a Tesla. <laughs> no, it is like, definitely cooler I giving birth. I was birthed in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the little baby grows up. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's cooler to say I was born in a Tesla. Or I gave birth in a Tesla than it would be to be like an Oldsmobile. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like some just. Old or random so car. Random. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Your very first car that you still have because it's fine and you don't yes. need to buy anything I else because this is not a time to buy a car, the, guys. The no. Tesla people <laughs> would have you say that, that it's it's not all that different from a hospital, honestly. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's in and out. perfectly safe. You don't even have to drive while you give birth. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, I was, did they even have to have a hand on the wheel? Right. They were still going well, to the hospital. In you know? traffic, you're not moving. Right. So it it is, was New it York is, City. Um, they weren't going anywhere anyway, yeah. so, which is exactly why they had to give birth in the that's Tesla. So. Well, enjoy the podcast today. Uh, let's see anything we should share for. I was going to mention we're giving away Christmas ornaments tomorrow, mm. but if you're a podcast listener, you might be a little late. So if yeah. you can try to check out our show tomorrow morning live, Thursday uh, the ninth. Yeah, Thursday the ninth and Friday the tenth. It's six a.m. until noon uh, Eastern time. So check out for your chance at RadioU.com and find out how to listen for your chance to get some Radio U Christmas ornaments. And we'll check you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Everything you love about the Riot, plus a handy-dandy fast-forward option. This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Pour one out this morning for my garbage bin to put in a lot of good service. Your trash can? Yeah. What happened? uh, Well, I can't be quite sure because I wasn't there, but it is smashed to pieces. And you don't think you did it? I don't. Nikki. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I did it. I I know know I didn't do it. We just want to make sure we covered everything, right? I did not (laughs) smash my garbage bin. It was fine when I put it out yesterday morning to be taken. 
So. Uh, well, I was at work yesterday, and so then uh, I come I had, home. If I had to guess, I bet they did it. <laughs> Some Somebody. Yeah. Somebody did it. Some culprit is out there. Uh, I can only assume that it was... Um, that it was smashed into by somebody driving. Or do you think the trash people who like the trash truck? I don't know. How would they do that? The neighbor's trash can was fine. Well, they're sending a statement. Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to take responsibility either. Is it the type where uh, the trash can like holder lifts it up and puts it in? I think it usually is. I don't think think it's guys. I think it's a machine. Maybe it just squeezed too hard. You think? Yeah, maybe. Well, it's, it's the lid that's really messed up. You know what it could be? What? Maybe you're right. Because if the it was windy at sometimes, right? So maybe if the wind blew off the lid and then it squeezed the lid, maybe that's what it is. And then it went pop. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now it's no longer. That could be it. Uh, but I you know, because I was assuming somebody ran into it and I was gonna be I was thinking, how could somebody, you know, it's a giant trash can. It's not the biggest size. I will request the biggest size now that I have to get rid of this one because uh, I'm very wasteful. But uh, I I thought somebody somebody must have run into it Aww, going uh, 25 miles an hour on my road. Well, now's the time, in time to find out the hardest thing in the world is to throw away a trash can. Yeah, it how do I get rid of it? <laughs> nobody will it's take it. It's so hard. Hey, you know what? We got a dumpster right here. Nobody can stop me, right? You can put it in there. Yeah, I know. What? I just have to take it, and it's going to smell up my car and stuff what? like that. One time, we tried to drown ours in the lake. Yeah. Just because no one would pick no it up. No one would take it up. But huh? you can spray paint it, yeah. and so that way they kind of know, but they still won't ever that's pick still, it up. That's still a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. So good luck to you well, and to your new trash can when, when I, it comes. When I get rid of it, I might as well fill it also with garbage. Oh, and then throw it away. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, that's a fantastic Kill two idea. birds with one stone. Why don't you wait till you do your end of the year cleaning if you do anything like that? Yeah. Fill it up, throw it in our dumpster over there, and no one will no ever one will notice. be the wiser. That's I'll right. do it uh I'll do it on uh Christmas week after everybody's gone. Nobody no will even will know. Here. Yeah. The Riot Podcast. Radio you. You know, around this time every year, uh, I almost forgot. But this is when KFC puts out their famous 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you can get it right now. Uh, It looks like at Walmart.com. It might be an exclusive, you know, until people buy it on there and start selling it on eBay or something. (laughs) But uh, you can get it at Walmart.com. For me, it's coming up as $15.88. Is that a lot for a fire starter log? That seems like a lot for one log, doesn't it? Well, you're adding it's really spices. Yeah, right. It's the packaging. It's And carefully crafted, yeah. so It's handcrafted. It's edible, so. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. Sure, it's got the 11 herbs and spices. Oh, no, no, listen. If someone takes from this that you can go lick it or something, (laughs) then that's bad. That's on our end. This is why I can't have one because that's all I would want to do you give me this and i just want to make turn it into a popsicle and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> honestly you could just do a normal like fire start log uh-huh. and then just throw in your leftover your chicken your it, bones you, or your bones or just a little bit of extra chicken on like them. just the box you get just the box in. with the grease in the bottom all of it, it and all, start a small grease it, it, fire that's how it would work yes yeah, so uh so you can get it but when you get, if you go to Walmart.com and buy the KFC Fire Log, not only do you get the Fire Log, mm-hmm. you also get the chance 
to stay at a KFC fire log cabin. Oh, yeah. Is it all made from nothing but fire logs? <laughs> uh, you know what? That would be great. That's That'd be quite That's the dangerous. construction prog- project. <laughs> uh, it would be hard for all the construction workers to make it through that, I think. Can you imagine the um, when the like the fire chief comes through for inspection? <laughs> like, is, are these fire logs? Are these, uh, are these FDA approved? <laughs> what are these? <laughs> so uh, they have a fire log cabin. 7,000 square feet. Wow. Uh, you'll get to spend it on a 200-acre protected nature reserve. It's in Kentucky. It actually looks really nice. Yeah, it does. And there's lots of KFC there. You get a three-day, two-night stay. Sounds pretty sweet, doesn't it? Well, sign up. Sign yeah. up for us. Let I got, us know. Well, I got to get a. I got to buy a fire log. All right. Well, and we don't have a fireplace here, and neither do I at home, unfortunately. I don't either. Darn it. So... You don't have a fireplace? Well, I do, but it's just where you flip the switch. Oh, it's not a real one. I don't oh, think you can still throw this in there. It's safe, probably. I don't think I can. Th- Come on. <laughs> that might be voiding What's the worst it? that could happen? Well, it all goes up in flames. Wait, That's the worst. Voiding the fireplace warranty or voiding the entry into the sweepstakes to get to the fire log cabin? Voiding my house. <laughs> like, voiding literally everything. I mean, it, it's in a fireplace, so it'd be fine. No, because mine's That's not. That's what it's meant for. But mine's not like a real fireplace. It's got fire in it. <laughs> That's being generous. It's just a few little flames here. And I there. think it'd be fine. <laughs> fine, you try well, it then. You, I, I don't. Have, I don't even have a. I'm not even lucky enough to Listen, have a fake fireplace. Get a bucket. All right. Get <laughs> yeah, something. Put it and in you're a bucket. Fine. It looks cool. It looks I, really nice. So you can try to win one of those with the KFC. Uh, themed log cabin vacation with the KFC fire logs. This would really make me want KFC right now, too, if I didn't just have KFC yesterday. Oh, you did? <laughs> and, and I was sorely disappointed. So you can download the KFC app and enter. Okay, so maybe you don't have to uh, actually. Of course, because no purchase necessary, there right? They have to say is. that. Yeah. So none of us have the KFC app, but you can. <laughs> and then you can enter the contest through December 31st, or if you get the fire log, you just scan the QR code. There you go. Well, I was going to say say uh get the kfc app you do get bang for your buck for your for your, for buck, your buck, buck 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 bucket for your bucket bang for your bucket because <laughs> they give you a free order of large fries with any order right now didn't know but, that uh but the fries aren't very good that's okay we can't get it all right no, can we not a, not a kfc you can't <laughs> nope. only at popeyes hudson sees the glass is half empty but get this he thinks a glass half empty is good the riot radio you Good morning, Isaiah. Good morning. Uh, I invited you over because I used to be, when I started on this show, I was the one who loved a good deal. And then you came (laughs) over... And you took you took that mantle from me. And ran you think with so? it. You taken taken it and run with it as the person who loves to be frugal. I think we both do a pretty good job of, you, of, of liking a good deal. I mean, well, that means I'm the big spender. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, you, you definitely you. are. I think Not you're just a normal close. person, Nikki. <laughs> you had like an eighty dollar water bottle you were ready to buy. Yeah, so. that was that was a little hey, bit. That was your bad. health, hello. <laughs> okay, that's where you don't uh, be cheap at. You can't yeah. spend too much on your and health. It lit up. <laughs> there was there was lights, LEDs. It was totally worth it. And it would talk to me, but yes. whatever. Well, Isaiah, since I know you love to save money, I thought you might be interested, uh, or at least I wanted to get your take in the TikTok hack that is going around for Starbucks. Although I think you may be able to use this at other restaurants, other locations as well. 
So uh, the hack is, and and Nikki, I'm sure you've seen this because it's on TikTok. This one floats around every so every many so years. often. This yeah. one's not technically new. It's just now really bad. Yeah, it's resurfaced, and it is you. You go to Starbucks. You ask for your drink. You ask for it with no ice, mm-hmm. but you also ask for a cup of only ice. Then you, when you pour it out into the cup with ice, all of a sudden it's like you have two full size drinks with ice. What? What? What do you mean? What? What do you mean? I don't understand. Like, well, how okay. do I have two full size drinks if I poured some out of well, one of the cups? Remember, if you get a Starbucks drink, it has so much ice in it. Now, yes. Starbucks will tell you that's needed to make it. So yeah. they they always say that. But if you ask for no ice, then you get more. You get the full cup of drink, but you yes. can still have it with ice. But you're getting a side cup empty with just ice, no drink, and so then you pour the full thing oh. in, and you're getting more of the product. I get. Get what you're More saying drink. now so you just don't use as much ice yeah so it's just in the the two drinks that you you separate it yourself you get to use what some might say is the appropriate amount of ice for yeah your drink. i know i know but they really do make it with a lot oh they do they so, so do so essentially you're cheating no, what, you're, what's cheating about this? It sounds like you're cheating. That's a harsh are the, word. Like, are, wait, do you need to go back out and come back in? It just, what's that? It what sounds like it sounds like you're because like you're getting more liquid than you're supposed to. Are you working at? Are not just working at Starbucks? Are you a Starbucks manager? No, I'm, or just, something? I'm just saying. So like like obviously like it's like a hack, but He's like the hack. hack is just like they're giving you more liquid than you normally well, would get. Are wait a minute. Are you cheating them, or have they been cheating you this whole time? <gasps> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. That's deep. See? That's very deep. I, I, I thought you would stand up for the little guy here, as See, in us. See, I think that, like, for me personally, I would never do this because I'm not a big Starbucks guy in general. Yeah. But there's just, like, a lot that goes into it. Having to or, having to be the guy that's like, can I get the side? Like, they know what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, like, I don't like being that guy. Well, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. Spit in your drink, maybe? Or? Th- they're just going to look well, at you you'll be able to disgust. see it because there's no ice in it. <laughs> You can make it out. Yeah. They say uh, people are like, "Good job, you accomplished getting two watered down drinks." And I, I can't, I can't do any trend stuff because, yeah. you know, then they get mad at you. They know you just watch frustrated. The TikTok. Yeah. yeah, but for this, I mean, let's just leave it at this. Starbucks puts too much ice in it, but also we shouldn't cheat and ask well, for no. Let's be <laughs> right let's be fair about this too. It's not just Starbucks. Oh, Every place has a giant scoop of ice, and mm-hmm. when you make a drink, if you're working there, you're supposed to use this giant scoop of ice, and then when you put in the actual drink, it's just like uh, you know, I uh, hate that fingers I hate worth, it. two fingers worth of Coke or whatever it is, and it's not right. That's I just I don't even need the ice. I just asked for it without the ice. I don't. Okay, that's good too. But okay, Eric always asks for no ice. Uh-huh. I don't like now that we're all just in line talking about things we don't <laughs> like with it. I don't like that. Then I get no ice put in my cup because they assume that no one they in don't the want whole ice in any of it. Yes. <laughs> like I wanted the ice. No, I hate when I hate when the workers fill it up. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you know, I don't want that much ice. I know that ice is not coming out of your paycheck. Right. Nor is the root beer. They cost like no money at all. Like soft drinks cost like no money for for the restaurant. Yeah. So I'm like, why in the world are you filling me up with so much ice? I get they like that's how they teach you and train you. But at the same time, like. There's some rules you just break. Unless yeah. it's the Sonic Ice, which I do really oh, like. Oh, I do like the Ooh, Sonic Ice. That's like a different, that's yeah. a different yeah. thing. That's different. Yeah. I don't mind a little 
overloading yeah. on that one. But yes. for everybody else, um, see, everybody gets opinionated about this. We do. We, we all, all the fast food restaurants have to be listening. You want people, happier customers, stop with the ice. And stop putting in regular instead of diet when we ask for diet. Yeah, okay, come on. There we go. That's it. That's all that I have to That's all I about. want. That's all I want. That's all, it. All we have right now. We're, we'll come back later with more. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Share your thoughts with me, Nikki, on the uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Have Is you that, ever seen it? You know, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I think I've seen probably the iconic parts of it. Yeah. Is that the angel gets its wing one? Uh, yep, that's right. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And the, the guy running through the snow or something oh, upset. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've seen yep. the big parts. Yeah, and it's got uh, it's Jimmy Stewart is mm-hmm. the star. He's like, uh, what do you want, Mary? I knew you could do Jimmy Stewart. Oh, everybody can do Jimmy Stewart. Everybody who knows who Jimmy Stewart is. Everybody who was alive in the 1940s and, and me. Some little girl like crying or something. Yeah, and... it's uh, well, it's a, uh, it's got a lot going on, and I like how this article describes it, uh, where it says that uh, you know, around Christmas, it's weird that uh, it's a Wonderful Life, which is such a dour movie in many ways. Just a, it's a downer until the very end. Uh, spoiler alert for this movie that came out. Uh, what, 70, 50? Uh, 1946. Yeah, I can't do the math on that, but it was a lot of years. 70 years ago, right? Like almost? Or if just you go? can't do the math, I'm not yeah. doing the All math. Right. So. At least... <laughs> At least seventy years ago, a long ago. time yes, ago, yes, in a land far away. It made three point three million at its box office, yeah, and its budget was three point seven million, uh-huh. which feels like a lot for that time. Yeah, and well, it was Jimmy Stewart. You had to pay a lot to get Jimmy Stewart. Mm. Uh, so Jimmy, uh, so in this movie, uh, it's kind of an, more of a darker Christmas movie, and so it was like it's weird that it's caught on as a Christmas classic, but uh, and especially at that time, why would you do that? Well. Here's the deal about It's a Wonderful Life. It, like you said, it barely made back its budget uh, when it was originally released. It wasn't a big hit at all. Oh, it didn't but, come till later? Yeah, but there is a reasonable explanation for how it became a beloved Christmas classic. We're more depressed now. And yeah, we, right. That's we what like it is. Movies? Well, I, I actually, I was saying all that to say I think a lot of the movies now, even though they, uh, like, we're just more used to. More upsetting movies, you know, all year round. It probably wouldn't even upset us if we watched it. Yeah, I I never considered It's a Wonderful Life to be that upsetting, but at that time, I'm sure it was. Uh, So what happened was it was released in the 1940s. uh, And then did you know that every 28 years uh, with copyright law, you're supposed to uh, renew your copyright, right? After every 28 years. But for this movie, for whatever reason, and nobody knows why... Uh, but they assume it was just probably some simple human error. Just somebody forgot. Was it a Christmas miracle? It was a Christmas. Yes, that's what it was. That's exactly what <laughs> it was. Did someone not renew their copyright? They did not renew the copyright. So in the 70s, uh, 28 years after the movie was released, 1974, all of a sudden it became public domain because nobody renewed the copyright. Uh, so now so free. all the five TV channels in that time could all play it for free. And so that's what they did around Christmas time. And people got used to and watching it and yeah, it became a classic. Yep. And so all the people now that uh, that grew up in the 70s watching It's a Wonderful Life and since then 
uh, they that's what made it made it have a boom in popularity and make people fall have the chance to even fall in love with it because otherwise it just would have been some forgotten movie. Well, does anybody watch it? Like, because for us, it's still like Home Alone and Elf and yeah, the um, newer ones. That's about it. But yeah, but anybody, your White Christmas, right? Yeah, White Christmas. That's your one oldie. I've wa- that is my one old old one. But <laughs> does anybody like? Is this a? Is this still a classic? Because I think. Yeah, or is it like the boomers that love it? Well, I don't think I'm not I'm not watching it on TV. Uh-huh. So like does it stream anywhere? I looked it up. Do we uh, have to is this a a common movie that we didn't realize that a lot of people just have to watch well, every year? My dad and mom are kind of boomers and mm-hmm. my dad would always make sure to watch this. This is like the Christmas Eve. This is like the oh, that's the, the top. Big one? This is the big Chris it's either this or that one old version of a Christmas carol. So it was big in my house, but since I moved out, I don't know if I've seen it. Uh but my wife, uh, my to ho- give you a whole background on my family, my mother-in-law hates it, so she would never watch it. So my wife hasn't seen it, but this year she's like, we got to watch it. Oh. I so uh, we're finally going to dig so out the streaming? old. Uh, it looks like Amazon Prime and maybe Peacock. I don't know. Uh, NBC will have it on TV, though. Mm-hmm. So Not going to do that. You can check. Well, it's long enough, and then it's probably even longer with commercials. Listen, so. I can't I can't do NBC. I can't do Peacock. Yeah. Well, but if it's Amazon, Amazon, is it Prime or is it yeah, just on there? I think it's on Prime. You, if you want to check it out, you can mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, learn all about Jimmy Stewart and uh, how he wants to kill himself oh, at well, Christmas. I love a good holiday movie. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> well, it really is a downer. <laughs> I mean, again, I always saw the end uh, clips. Again, uh, spoiler: he but, doesn't kill himself. I know, but come on, it's just a a sad uh, trip there to get to that point. <laughs> and I, you know, during the holidays, maybe that's not the best. May, maybe not. I, I I always remember liking "It's a Wonderful Life." This is the worst of the riot podcast. We we like to be uh, we don't enjoy it, but we have to be a little critical of China on the show, right? Um, <laughs> yes, I guess yeah, we're not the biggest fans <laughs> of the way the country is run. Sure, but hey, I can get on board with this. Anytime you're talking about giving me money, uh, I'm on board. We have a city in China. <laughs> Which is good. You just need to get the right amount for Hudson to be okay. Yeah, I, I can be bought, uh, just like the International <laughs> Olympic Committee. I know. Uh, Harbin, Don't even bring that up, man. Oh Harbin, my gosh! The city. Of, Don't send any diplomatic people, but sure, let's send yeah, everybody else. Right. That'll send a message. Uh, Harbin, China. Uh, they have decided that they are going to start offering people. 10,000 yen, mm. uh, which converts to a little over 1,500 U.S. dollars if they report that they test positive for COVID-19. Why are you getting paid if you test positive? Because they want to have zero COVID. They still think that in the, in China, they think they can eliminate COVID 100%. Wow. Is what they're hoping. So they want to make sure that, okay, well, wait. So, because if you paid me 1,500... I'd have COVID. I know, right? It feels like this would be uh, having the opposite effect. I do. I think Everybody would be out there getting COVID. I, I, I've uh, avoided even getting tested. I know. We've but all of a sudden, before. if it was uh, $1,500, if you test positive, I'd be testing like five times a day. Anytime. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> licking countertops and everything. I'd be like, here, have you had COVID? Okay, come over here. Yeah. I need you to currently have it. Can you breathe in my mouth, please? No, I want them to take the test on my behalf. <laughs> oh. I'm not being close. Hudson and I are very proud that we have yet to have a COVID test. Yeah. Uh, and we want to try to keep it that way. But that is tempting for $1,570 if you proactively 
come forward to report your own COVID symptoms. If they find you and they do it on their end, you're not getting the money. It's you have to go forward. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, again, it seems like it would just uh, get people out there trying to find the virus. Now, granted, in China, and if these numbers can be believed, they're only reporting like 90 cases of the virus in the whole country per day or something. I don't believe that. Yeah, does anybody? But that's because nobody's reporting themselves. So for this... All of a sudden, you start offering people fifteen hundred dollars the cases are going to shoot through the roof so they say that they want to stop it from spreading uncontrolled in the city so they want people to come forward and take the test yeah and let's see yeah i think that's about it so it's an incentive to get people to report their illness now i i do have to have this one thought flow through my head which is in the united states Mm -hmm. we just gave Everybody like twelve hundred dollars a couple times last year, even whether you got COVID or not. Yeah. So we we you know we're getting our money our own ways here in the U.S. too. But uh, but still, you could add fifteen hundred more on top of it. You just move to Harbin, China, with the virus, and you're good to go. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Jesus, just those few steps. Yeah, it'll pay for your trip and then <laughs> I, some. I want us to all realize this, and I know we all got a little uh, money fun with the deposits when we got all that. Uh-huh. But in the bigger picture of life, fifteen hundred is not as it's much. It's not really that much as it feels like yeah. when you when you just get it when you just get it. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if this is worth uprooting your life to go move. Well, <laughs> for the one-time payment, maybe this is just something you take to your city council. Oh, it's to see like, if they'll do it. Yeah, like, hey, come on, uh, we're not a. Uh, you're trying to talk people into quarantining, to get vaccinated, to wear masks. Uh, how about we just, uh, to, to keep the spread of the virus, we just pay people $1,500. I don't think people have a problem going to take a test. Yeah. I don't think you need to be paid for that. But uh, We would like to, but I don't think you need to be paid I, for do that. You think the, uh, do you think we could we could curb? No, we've already tried. What? <laughs> just like paying people to not, not have go the, out and yeah, do things? Yeah, we tried that, didn't we? Yeah, good luck. Yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, kudos to you if you're in Harbin, China. Go go out there and get the virus. No, no. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot Podcast. Something I was uh, thinking about recently, and uh, actually it ties in. We were talking about uh, It's a Wonderful Life a few minutes ago. The uh, Some say it's a Christmas movie, some don't. It's probably an argument for another day. But I think everybody says it does have some uh, depressing elements It does to it. have some suppress- depressing <laughs> elements. And uh, the one of the big, I mean, well, the whole plot of the movie is Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey. I say Jimmy Stewart as if anybody like. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, he was really popular at one I time. Know, you watch old movies. Yeah. We, most of Everybody else is like, is that a NASCAR driver or something? <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything else that he's been in. No. Though I've heard the name. Yeah. Well, I could tell you, but I digress. George <laughs> Bailey, the character in the movie, uh, he basically thinks everybody would be better off if he just went away, if he mm-hmm. was never there. And we've seen that play out. And you've probably seen that even if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. You've probably seen like ki- even kids TV shows that have borrowed from that idea of you know we're insignificant whatever we're doing like people like sometimes we're causing more harm than good everything would be better off if we just went away and of course we always find out that's not true that doesn't stop us from feeling that way Mm -hmm. and it's not just about uh to me like what i i deal with sometimes is 
not just thinking that your whole life is insignificant, but just like every little thing you do is it's not that important, right? Like, I mean, who really cares? I show up to work today. Who really cares what I, you know, what I do with my, you know, all this stuff of you can just wind up feeling like what is the, what is the purpose of any little thing in life? But the truth is, of course, if any of us were to disappear, like there'd be a lot of it would affect a lot of people. It would really matter. You're not insignificant. And the things you do aren't insignificant either, because all those little things you do add up to a lot of meaning. Like they all lead to lead to somewhere. And God wants you to know that Jesus wants you to know that he's seeing everything you're doing. Uh, and so even if you're doing like maybe you're feeling like, well, I did some really good stuff and nobody seems to care. God cares. He's proud uh, of you. Yes, he, he is. <laughs> he really is. Uh, Jesus sees what's going on in your life, the big stuff, the little stuff. And because God loves you and because God sees what you're doing, everything is significant to him. So even if you're not always grasping that and uh, even if it doesn't always feel that way, God sees what you're doing. God is watching you and helping you through life. And everything you do matters to him. Your life matters. So it's important. The as a whole, it's important. All the little stuff you do is important. God cares about it. And he wants to be there with you through your entire life. And all you need to do is ask, say, hey, God, uh, I, I need that reminder. I, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to let me know that you're there 100% of the time and that what I'm doing is important. Uh, God will talk to you about that, and, and he'll walk with you through every aspect of your life. Yeah! <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Nikki, Isaiah, how was your weekend? It was good. Yeah, I Isaiah. Mean, it, Pretty it was, typical. It was a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. What is today, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. You don't ask about back. weekends on Wednesday. Thanks for finally getting around to asking. Yeah, yeah that was great. Check in. Do you even remember the weekend? Not much. Uh, well, do you think your weekend would be a little better if it was a half day longer? A half day? Yeah. Yes. How does that sound? Oh, Isaiah's jumping in. You're like, yeah, I'm totally ready yes. for it. That's because Isaiah does more on the weekend. <laughs> so he needs the extra time. He needs time. extra time. Time. He needs, if he had a half day, he might relax for half a day. Isaiah makes no, me realize I would just make more plans. I, I'm lazier on the weekends than him, and I don't have as many friends. <laughs> <laughs> but you could use the extra time. Yeah, who couldn't? Well, uh, we've heard that countries like Iceland, New Zealand, Japan, they've moved to the four day work week. Whereas most of the rest of the world, including the United States, we're stuck with the five-day work week and we refuse to change. Hey, if you're but, lucky to get your stuff done in the five days, yeah. <laughs> you might have to do more than that. Yeah, you're right. We're Not only do we have a five-day work week, we're overworked in those five days. That's right. It's like we might as well be having a six-day work week. Well, what if we had uh, a little compromise? What if we meet in the middle? Four and a half days. Hmm. It is what they are doing in the United Arab Emirates. Where uh, at least for uh, federal employees, starting on January 1st, 2022, they have announced that their new work week will run from Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. until Friday at noon. And that's and, when the uh, weekend so starts? So then the weekend starts Friday at noon and you get all uh, the rest of Friday and then all of Saturday and Sunday uh, as your weekend. How's that sound? But the problem is, I mean, this really just affects like when banks are open yeah. or like when a school would be open. Yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily that your job would say, no, Friday at noon, that's it. You yeah. guys are out of here. Yeah, because not everybody can stop working. Not all, it's, it's it's only for uh for yeah the federal Government employees workers. but they they I mean they don't really I guess they don't care 
But the speculation would be <laughs> that the rest of the, you know, the majority of the companies that just work regular office hours, too, would po- possibly follow suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a, a possibility. But at least if you're working for the government, you get an, an extra nice long weekend for I, you. Four and a half days. Yeah. I think like it also says like it's like boost productivity and like boost morale. Like it might boost morale, but like no matter what, when I come in on a Monday, it doesn't matter if I <laughs> miss Wednesday through Friday of the past week. I'm coming in with as low morale as there possible. It it's is. a Monday. <laughs> I have is. no extra like work ethic because I got to leave early on Friday. It's still a Monday, so it doesn't make a difference to me. So you're you're saying you like the five day work week? I'm not saying I like it, but I'm saying that if we do go to the four day, don't expect me to be more productive on Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and Wednesday. You might not be more productive, but at least you'll be happier. I don't even know if I'd be happier on a Monday. Well, if, I, if I got half a day off on Friday, I'm going to come on Monday and say today sucked. It's still Monday. <laughs> like I'm not going to be like, oh, but but I just got half a Friday off. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy today. I'd be like, oh my gosh. I can't wait till Friday. It's going to be so everybody great. everybody would hate the half day on Friday. Like, yeah. why do we have to work well, at Why all am I even coming Friday? in anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, well, yeah, for sure. Why am I even coming in? I think in the United States and many places anyways, Friday might as well be a half day. You know what I mean? Like sure. so many people leave early on Fridays anyways. And they just kind of phone it in. So. Is that what you're doing, Hudson? Hudson's <laughs> like, yeah, Friday, you might as well not even show up. I yeah. mean, I'm here, but am I really here? Yeah, right. But let me tell you what I like about this from our perspective. Every time we hear about the four-day work week, it's like, yeah, but even if we went to that in the United States, we'd still have to work five days a week because we would. But if this, like, we could do this. We could maybe radio. You can be a, a industry leader because in the United States. The we can still do the show and yeah. just leave early. We could do it. It, we could it do is a possible. Four and a half day week. Listen, I'm going to let you take the lead on that. It sounds tiring. Yeah, spearhead <laughs> that for us, Hudson. You let us know when we're out of here. Tell right? us what you tell us what our hours will be. If we had an extra half day on the weekend, anyways, it would just feel like more pressure to get the the week to get stuff done on the weekend before that's not necessarily work, but just you know work at at home. I think oh. honestly, what it's like is we're not happy with anything no. so right. as long as we have to work we're gonna be, be upset. Enough. yeah it'll never be oh, enough i love our work ethic until yeah. i retire <laughs> i'll be working too much there'll always be a problem yes <laughs> the riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about but that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense this is the riot on radio U. All right, it's time for a new segment on the riot. Yeah. Baby talk. Oh, yay. Good if we just started talking like babies, or like we were talking to babies. Even I mean, oh, good you go. Look oh, at no, you. No, look no. at you. No. <laughs> that would annoy <laughs> ourselves. No, no, we cannot do that. A baby would be very frightened if I started talking to her like that. <laughs> not be, uh, not be a happy baby. It's nice that you can talk baby talk, but uh, I don't need to hear you it. You don't want to hear it on the radio. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so I have here not one but two stories about. Uh, you could say inopportune pregnancies, just where the baby had to be, you know, delivered at a time that wasn't the most oh, convenient. Oh, the baby being born? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me which one you find more impressive. We have a woman in New York City. Uh, she got stuck in traffic, her and her husband, while they were on the way to the hospital. Uh, so she was in labor, and uh, they wound up getting stuck in traffic on their way to the medical center, NYU Medical Center. So they flagged down the cops and uh, the husband told the cops, he's like, hey, uh, 
we're trying to get to the hospital, but I don't think we're going to make it because of the traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife might have given birth by the time we walked back to the car. And sure enough, they <gasps> walked the back to the car. The baby was there? And there was the baby born in a Tesla. Not Oh, a manger. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, in traffic in New York. Yeah, so Aww. they haven't I released. the cops are like, at first, if someone, someone will use any, any excuse, excuse oh, yeah. to get out of traffic or to get some sort of help through it. Yeah. So at first, they're probably like, yeah, right. So <laughs> that, you're, you're definitely right, but... But they uh, that would I mean that would just make traffic even worse. That's the problem. Well, that's on you now, Tesla. So right. give this baby something. Well, I was gonna say they haven't released the name of the mom and the baby, but the, how can the baby not be named Tesla, right? They'd be perfect. Has to be. And then I have a husband and wife in uh, North Dakota, Bismarck, North Dakota, and they were in line for the grand opening. Of a Chick-fil-A. Oh, what was the line wait? 30 uh, minutes. At least 30 minutes they had been waiting in line. <laughs> to get the food. But here's what happened. Uh, they had already put their order in and everything. And then they get the call. The uh, The woman is two days away from her due date. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been trying to get her, I guess, uh, induced or whatever. Uh, so they get the call that now's the time we can get you in. And so they had to make the difficult decision <laughs> and talk the Chick-fil-A employees into letting them out of the moving the cones and letting them out of line. Aww. But they were like, oh, but I, we really want our Chick-fil-A, though. Yeah, but so, this one's different because I feel like she's not having the baby in the line. Yeah. Like, you could have waited. You That's what got I said. Like, what are you, the, is the uh, hospital going to question you if you arrive another five minutes late? I guess maybe they didn't know how much longer they'd have to be in line. Well, they might smell it on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, were you just a Chick-fil-A? Well, we we already had our food when you called. They so. say that they had already ordered the food through the app. So, yeah, you don't want to get out of line. Yeah, but, but they did. that's actually, that's what they did. Now, uh, they said that, uh, of course, the husband especially was very disappointed that mm-hmm. they weren't able to get their food, but he was able to go back later and pick up their order after the baby was born. Oh, they got And there. then uh, they also gave the baby a, a, a cow. One of the stuffed cows from oh, Chick-fil-A. from the place. That's yeah. cute. So, Aw, look at all these nice stories. Yeah, happy ending. And then I was thinking to myself, reading these two stories, I'd be horrible at being pregnant. And I'll tell you why. Why? <laughs> because... <laughs> I get stressed out when I have to go to the bathroom sure. and I have like, I'm in the car and I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to stop traffic? Cause I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, so if it was pregnant, it'd you know, worse. it'd be even worse. Yeah. I don't and think I, I could do it. I don't like to draw attention to myself. Yeah. So I would just be like, no, no, I got it. Uh, just fine. hold it in. Hold it's it in. <laughs> if they keep talking long enough, they're bound to say something that you agree with. The riot with Hudson and Nikki on radio. You. Nikki, you know what uh, today is? Today is, yay, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's December 8th Uh uh, of Uh, the 2021. And what comes on December 8th every year? Is it a holiday today? It is. It's the holiday season. Yeah. Boop-dee-doo. We we already have a holiday season, and then just adding more. Yeah, this is a part, it's one of the 12 days of Christmas, (laughs) I consider it to be. It's National Brownie Day. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, well, I've okay. had a brownie in forever. Don't get too excited. Is there not? Well, There's we don't no have, deals. We don't have brownie places. There's no place that has it. No, but that's like the typical, uh, like a Domino's or whatever. They all have brownies. That's one of their desserts, right? Mm, I don't know. I feel that that's a staple of a pizza place or whatever. Just like the the lowest lowest possible effort dessert, but they still feel like they have to have uh, one on the menu and you know they can overcharge for it? No, that's the cookie. The co- <laughs> well, yeah, those cookies are, they, uh, they're really phoning it in on those. So well, what do you get today? Nothing. Nothing at all? What makes you think you would get something? Well, is there like a, oh, have you ever had brownie brittle? 
What's that? Guys, has anybody else had brownie brittle? It's in this bag. I can't have it. Why I just, not? It's just too much. Is it just like the Oreo wine? It's it, just you and the I brownie brittle doesn't I mix? Yeah. It's really thin, like crunchy brownies, uh-huh. uh, but it's just brittle, so it's brittle. Okay. <laughs> See, it's so good. I like a fudgy brownie, so oh, that no. doesn't sound like me at all. This is not, it's not like what you think it is. If you Google brownie brittle, uh-huh. uh, oh, it's so good. I should get you a bag. Yeah, that sounds, uh, I mean, I'll try it They for have sure. it at Costco, and so it's even sadder because it's such a big bag. <laughs> well, why don't you bring one in to share? I'm going to have to leave it here. <laughs> that sounds, that's, uh, that sounds like it's worth a shot. You oh, know what I like? I should I get that for National Brownie Day. Yeah, right? The day's not over. There's still time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say for Brownie Day, I don't know if it counts, if it falls under the category of uh, brownie day, but I really like blondies. You oh, like blondies? Yes. Aren't blondies the they're best? The, they're the oh, best. so good. They're way better than and a normal brownie. They are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason, they get overlooked, and everything is all about brownies, brownies, brownies. But to me, you give me a blondie, I'm a happy guy. Any day. Yep. And brownie brittle. I'm going to get you br- on board yep. that. <gasps> what if there was a blondie brownie brittle? Whoa, <laughs> blondie brittle. Is there any? Like there that? Ha- there could be. Brownie. I don't know, but see, brown, blonde, blondies are already overlooked, so. Oh, there is. There is? Oh, geez. Like, is it easy to come by, like Betty Crocker, or? It uh, looks like uh, a little Amazon purchase could happen today. You think? Yeah, I don't want to go in the store and just get brownies on brownie day. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Yeah, right? <laughs> you don't want to be basic. No, I don't, even though I am. <laughs> Just I'll live up to it. I'll tell you, when it comes to blondies, they're so overlooked. The last time I was in a situation a couple of weeks back where I was like, I need to to make some, uh, like a brownie or a blondie or something. I went looking for a blondie mix because mm-hmm. I got to make them from scratch. What am I, Emerald? But uh, they d- <laughs> that's your that's your example. Yeah. Is he still around? Uh, what do you mean? He's got he probably owns like several restaurants. Okay. You what am get, I? You got to get more current. What sometimes. am I? Wolfgang Puck? Oh, there's what? another one. That's what? all you got. What? what am I? Rachel Ray? Oh, no. Just don't bother with I think Rachel people. Ray always says she doesn't uh, bake. She cooks. Mm-hmm. I've seen that on Last Week Tonight a few times. Uh, anyways, but yeah, you can't buy, buy a Betty Crocker Blondie mix. Going back to like what we were talking about two minutes ago, you can't buy a mix. At least I couldn't at the grocery store. Sure, they only have brownie mixes. Mm, so well, that was where I had how, a big disappointment there. Celebrate that was the disappointment. Yeah, celebrate how you can today. Uh, but it doesn't look there's there's no deals. No. But it's it is brownie day. Duncan Hines isn't going to help you out. You just heard the worst of the worst. We'd give you the best of the best, but we'd have to find that. As soon as we do, you'll be the first to know. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.